Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. I'm doing good, man. I just got back from a long day trip. Well, it's kind of long. We left the house at like 1030 this morning. We just got back a few minutes ago. When I was, uh, when I told you we were going to visit my homie, my homie that has the uh, the bakery, Jameson yeah. B. Bread House. They just bought a farm in Tampa, fully functional farm that, you know, it's a house. There's a house there, a little ranch style property. With a bunch of garden beds, a bunch of fruit trees and bananas and herbs and all kind of stuff. They already got a chicken coop, uh, a fucking goat pen already installed. Oh, that's lovely. Beautiful. I'm so happy for him, man. That shit was amazing, dude. Absolutely amazing. So we just went out there to check them out, dropped off a couple little things. I mean, they bought a farm, so they didn't need a whole lot from us. But we bought a few things and that they can plant some edible shit and... You know, we brought a few seeds and cut cuttings back home, as you do when you go visit a farm. And uh, yeah, it's just dope, man. It's dope to see people expanding into that, into that uh, homesteading, permaculture grower life. And they're super busy, so you know, I don't know, I don't yeah. know. It's gonna take some work to maintain it and everything. They got all, you know, already got a successful bread business and a lot of other shit going on. But somehow, I feel like they'll uh, they'll figure out the the way to glide through that shit. They're, they're smart and uh, super active and focused, so I think they're going to do well with it. Super cool. And then Yeah, we, uh, it's farming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just, huge. just being friends with them and shit for, uh, for, as, well as, we, for as long as we have. And you know, we're always talking about the garden stuff and how important it is. And, and it just, uh, they were looking for properties and this place just sprang out and was like, hmm, wait a minute. You know, they're, they're, uh, the landlord they had before this place was being a jerk. Like, everything was working in their favor, you know, because they wanted to buy the place that they were renting. But the guy was being a jerk, trying to squeeze more money out. And uh, so, of course, they go start looking. And the next thing you know, they, they stumble upon this dope-ass, fully functional farm that this family is getting rid of. And they're like, uh, yeah, I'll take it. Slid right in. And they got a goat pen. Yeah, goat pen, pre-installed. Just That's the most there. excited. Yeah, most <laughs> excited. So I'm assuming there's netting on top. No, well, there's a. Um, it's about a four and, and a half foot wooden fence. You know, there's a covering part and everything, but I think they they're gonna need to get some Nigerian dwarf goats or something like that because goats will climb out of. But you know, they'll figure it out. They'll figure. You know, yeah. when you when you're excited about goats, there's only one way to learn. And that's right. the hard way. You gotta just learn the hard way. So, I'm definitely gonna be excited to start hearing some of the uh, goat shenanigan stories for sure. Oh yeah, it's four in the morning. We heard tap dancing on the roof. <laughs> we went out to see what was going on. Yeah, that's when we figured out that the goats would get out of the pen and get onto the roof. <laughs> and they will if they can. They will. But, yeah. And those those nature videos, I mean. They might be like distant co- cousins or something, but they're in the same, you know, same uh, tree of life branch. Um, when you watch those goats, those mountain goats, and how with barely any footing at all, they just find a way. It's amazing to watch. 
So I didn't yeah. know goats that we eat would be on the same shit, but clearly they they possess that same talent. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Goats get busy, bro. They're not. They they haven't been. I don't think they've been integrated into urban life long enough yet to find a breed of goats that can't do all that extracurricular super goat shit. You know, I'm sure humans will find a way to shorten their snout and fuck their feet up so they can't right. climb or something. We're going to have some <laughs> fucked up crippled goats out here eventually, just like all the dogs. But uh, for now, these are still pure-blooded fucking fence-hopping neighborhood walkabout goats. Listen, it's only it's only a matter of time before somebody imports the art of Chinese foot binding and applies <laughs> it to goat hooves. <laughs> They have tiny little petite cute little mm. tiny hooves that can't climb anything. That's the only way you can keep goats safely to, is to, you know, bind their feet. And for some reason, I, I just, it, it may not have anything to do with them escaping, but they're a lot cuter with shorter snouts. So, shorter <laughs> snout, you know, I don't want any the horns to be dangerous. I don't want them goring my child. So let's see if we can either get the horns removed or if we could get them to grow in like a unicorn braid twist kind of energy, yeah. if we could do that. Or even if the if the horn grows around in a circle and then back into yeah, a little skull. crown. <laughs> yeah, we could do something it, cool. It just starts spiraling up. Yeah, yeah, something cool, but not regular goats. That's Regular goats are for poor people. Yeah, what you got to do is you, you start like a bonsai tree and you just kind of start guiding the way that it grows, and eventually it grows around and it gets to itself, right? It makes a full circle around their head like a crown. And then you just go up a notch, and it just it looks like the poop emoji, like a little <laughs> spiral of soft serve that just keeps going higher and higher, and then it's not dangerous. There There's you no go. pointy edge. And I was thinking something that it would probably backfire, but if you if we can't, if the Chinese foot binding doesn't work, put like little, little like magnet boots. Like there, you put a metal floor underneath their pen and you have these little magnet boots so it's really hard for them to walk around. Or, or like little ankle weights, little goat ankle weights. <laughs> so it's not as easy for them to jump yeah. up. But then I'm thinking, what if, the, what if that just makes them even stronger? And then they start getting like 15 foot verts. Right. That's like some Shaolin <laughs> training. You just get the weight vest, old vest, and put it like on them. We, yeah, we we did, we did this to try to to try to um, prevent you from being mobile. You know, we did this as an act of oppression, and you turned mm-hmm. it into super goat shit. Oh yeah, that's so that's it could training. backfire. Oh, it will. Yeah. It will. That's training for sure. One hundred percent. You're gonna get some Shaolin goats out of that equation. That's the only thing. <laughs> Yeah, you got to do it genetically. You got to do it genetically. You got to, and then I was thinking too, some people, especially these days, they, they don't have a lot of time for commitments and long-term commitments. So I think if you can figure out a breed of goat where the horn grows into a spiral, but the spiral ends up penetrating their own skull, then Oof. you can, then you only have the goat for like five to seven years before it just kills itself from its own horn protruding into its brain pan. And then Ready you can just... <laughs> yeah, it basically calls itself so you can just go outside, find it dead, and and you know, call the guy, he'll come over and fillet it up for you. You got some gyro meat, good, good, super yeah, good. The horn, it's getting pretty close. I think we're gonna have goat this summer, boys. It's getting close, self, but that's, that's 
that, that that's horrible because that's a slow moving growth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like it starts it starts piercing the skull. You know, it's probably gonna be a good month before it, it kills him. So this is gonna be walking around fucked up with a headache. Angry for a good minute. Right. <laughs> Just irritable. Like <laughs> so, right. That's how you know it's almost time for gyros. We're mm. getting close. Getting close. We're about getting to close be to curry goat. Curry goats. <laughs> it's getting Billy close. Billy is pitched. He's just oh. knocking his head and his spiral horn up against the gate, and the other goats just pissed off. So we sell, we sell a self-culling goat calf and a and a curry plant at the same time. Mm. Get a curry plant that you can grow and a self-culling goat, and in the next three years, by the time the goat's ready to go, there'll be curry fruit on the tree. You know, the leaves you can take it and grind it up and make some seasoning. You got homegrown curry and homegrown goat. Goat. You can't the beat long it. game. This the, the the self curry goat meal kit long game. <laughs> Not something that just comes in a box with the sauce and the meat and you unfreeze it. No, this is this is you DIY or DIY. Do it yourself. Yeah, DIY. But it's it's the long game. This I isn't like it. something you're gonna unfreeze. Yeah. It's an experience. Self-culling, circular, skull-piercing, horned goat. <laughs> red, with super stubby feet. Can't really jump. Kills itself in three to five years. <laughs> so the curry plant, do it all yourself. Oh, that that's a plus for any, any uh, garden or farm animal that you could buy. I feel like it would be... It would almost be a plus to guarantee that it'll kill itself in three to five years. So you yeah, can just you rotate, want... you know, you need new blood. You don't want a cow hanging around for seven or eight years. You know, it gets right to the right point where it's nice and succulent and then it just croaks itself for you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's hey, awesome. you know what? And this is this is this is again more forward thinking from the greatest think tank ever assembled. <laughs> because in this future world where people have completely elbowed the government out of their lives, no more control of the food supply, crypto is decentral currency, you know, no more juice boxes running the whole game. And you're going to need some sort of market for these new ideas. We don't want to halt innovation. We just want to bring innovation into a different direction. Yeah. And so I think this is, this is genius. It's right up, in, right up through that alley. Of, yep, you're going to be independent. You're going to be self-sustained. Everybody's going to have their own little farm, even if you're in one of these um, sky-rise caves. You know, down below, there's going to be some land for a community garden. Everybody's still trying to plant and grow and create for themselves. And this would be something that, you know, would integrate into that. Hey, we'll sell you the self, the self-slaughter curvy goat package. You know, mm -hmm. and just like when you buy fruit trees, if you buy it more mature, you know, if the horn's halfway around the skull, you know, you're going to get charged a little bit more. You know, but if it's just a little tiny little baby horn just barely peeking out, you know, yeah, that's that's going to be more cost effective. But you're going to have Simple. to nurture it. more. You know, that's super it's easy. It is. We're, we're yeah. fixing it. We're bringing it all together day by day. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. Dola. Yeah. Oh, and 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 for you as well, sir. Look, <laughs> look. It, it 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 
you know, and, and you're thinking it's, it's probably going to be like one tenth of an ETH. It's like by the time this all goes down, everything collapses. Everyone's doing self-sustaining farms. All the transactions are crypto, some form of crypto or other. I mean, that's a steal. You know, one tenth ETH for for self self curry goat package. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how we need to start thinking about prices too. We need to stop thinking in terms of dollars. Seriously. But like yeah. Ethereum's gonna be probably around fifty grand at that point. So how much do we want to charge? Yeah. Point zero zero three ETH will get right. you exactly what you need. Yeah, I think learning learning those slivers, those terms are way better for us forward thinking right now because dollars yeah. isn't always going to be the side. Like, how much is ETH worth? You're, you're going to have to measure it in Bitcoin or something. People aren't going right. to keep saying $4,000, $4,300. That's not going to be the thing. It's going to have its own fucking... Like, that. that's what it needs, doesn't it? I think crypto needs its own baseline... Uh, stable coin for for with the just for crypto market cap so we could uh, earn yeah. it by you say it that way you could say it's, ETH is worth uh, four thousand crypto. <laughs> it's it's gonna be crow. It's gonna be crow. It's gonna be sheep. It's gonna be Doge. One yeah. of them will be have that utility. It'll yeah. it'll replace the the dollar as a to evaluate all the other cryptos. Dude, so new egg. Uh, three things, two two things about Shiba, maybe three, but two things about Shiba that uh, bugged me out this week. You know, new egg, right? The online retailer yeah. for like tech parts and shit. Electronic. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. New egg says they confirmed officially that they're going to be accepting Shiba Inu next uh, first quarter. Oh, awesome! Right. So I think that's amazing. Shiba's really trying to trying to shoehorn itself it's trying to crowbar itself out of the meme space and into real utility i don't think it's happy being a meme anymore no listen it's it's down to like four zeros and a three where it was four zeros and a seven at one point so i'm getting it half price i had i had to go deeper i had to get more i had to get more and and i don't mind seeing all the red next to my sheep right now because of all the green next to my sandbox. So I'm filled with confidence. Now's the time to buy. There's blood on the floor. There's yeah. headless sheep all over the place. Half price. Now's the time to move. I didn't know about that about New Egg, but that's good they're transitioning from a meme to some real value. Has anybody accepted Doge yet? Does Doge have any utilitarian value oh. yet? No, no, Doge is still just flopping around with with a sure. basic. It's basically a dead fish on the ground with a picture of Elon Musk taped to it. Yo, pure, but pure meme, it's a quarter, right? Twenty five cents off Which pure important. meme. That's important to yeah. note. It's not a joke, right? I mean, it's. I mean, it is a joke. It is. <laughs> it, it was completely created as a joke, but it got to a quarter, and. On its way to a quarter, it made several millionaires because yeah. people had it basically for free, um, like what they're doing with the Shiba Inu now. So I see it as, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about branding. I mean, all of these coins have a little logo, you know, so it's not even companies anymore. It's, it's, it's the currency itself is branded. You know, like how they advertise to us lifestyle brands 
you know, the logo is going to hypnotize you. It's shaped just the right way. It reminds you of pussy or something. And you're going to like the logo when you see it. And every time you see the commercial, we're going to play a song that you grew up with. We're going to ring the bell and have you salivate because we know what what mm. gets you moving. And and now that's kind of transitioned into the coin space where, oh, you 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 want to have, you know, green technology. Well, you know, we are crypto helps cut down on the energy usage for all the other mining. So that's why we're important, you know. So it's all branded with some sort of um, philosophy behind it. And then it's got the logo there. And, you know, I, I, I see I see Sheba as being something where, you know, it's a cute little dog. It's a cool little logo. I like it. A lot of people love it. Doge had its run and it's not doing anything. And I feel like all those fanatics of Doge, they're going to make us millionaires with Sheba. I'm just yeah. going to keep buying I'm going to get to 100 million, and I don't give a fuck if I sell out at a dollar, 10 cents, or even a penny. It's a huge <laughs> company. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, what was it? Uh, hold on. Let me, let me just be sure so I don't misquote. Okay. So, 1 million, uh, let's see, 1 million pennies. So, if, she, if you got 1 million sheep, and it gets to a penny, you have ten thousand dollars. Yeah. That's nothing to scoff at. Bro, it it please. And it's and that right now one million sheep will cost you what? Thirty bucks 13. or something like that? Yeah. Thirteen. Yeah. Thirty bucks to ten thousand if it gets to a penny. Now that's not to mention what what there's a whole lot of really nice looking places before a penny if you put in thirty bucks. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you're going to be at four or five grand. You're going to be like, yo, this is nice. <laughs> this looks pretty nice for a $30 investment. So imagine if you just keep buying that shit the whole time and you end up with, you know, like you said, 100 million sheep. And then you, you can, can you can really cash out. Oh, easy. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not Cause, hard. Because this is what I started with. I started doing it as like, it's an insurance plan. You know, I don't want to take 10, 15 grand of capital, dump it into some shit all at once. And something about this whole operation falls apart. And I got nothing. Either because Joe Biden sends the goons out, the crypto task force starts kicking in people's doors, hand over the computer. Some crazy shit happens, right? And who knows? I, I calculate everything in there. My my juice paranoia won't allow me not to to look at every worst case scenario that could happen. So it would hurt me a lot more if I'm like, fuck, I could have I dumped that capital into Fisker, you know, which is probably gonna, it's, it's really undervalued right now. This EV shit is gonna get hot again. You know, Fisker could be worth a hundred bucks, like Luce is on his way up to a hundred bucks in a year or two. I'd have been better off dumping 10, 15 grand into Fisker at 19 bucks a share and had a nice little come up, you know, I would feel safer with that. Right. But if I'm just spending a hundred bucks a paycheck as like an insurance policy, look, every check I'm gonna spend a hundred and it's been growing, it's been growing, it's been growing. So it's nothing insane. You know, it's money I could have easily spent on a, you know, um, a quarter of weed, you know, an eight ball, you know, this is money that could just be thrown out the window. Um, a really, really desperate prostitute was probably with lesions. Hundred bucks, you're not getting anything. 
you know, yeah, you're not nothing, getting anything nothing that you're going to feel safe with. <laughs> right, right. You got you to gotta get to the three to $500 mark before you're, you're dealing with someone that's, you know, probably not going to give you a horrific disease. But, it, but, but that's not a lot of money to just kind of throw out there on an insurance policy to just be like, okay, um, we printed a lot of money. The market's probably going to potentially going to collapse because it's overvalued with all of this extra capital. And if it does, I don't mind spending 100, 200 bucks a month on an insurance policy. And God damn it, the insurance policy is outperforming the other investments. <laughs> so it's kind of made me slowly creep more over to the crypto side of things. And it's like, well, you know, I don't know. If I got 500 bucks this month to waste on something, I could put it into some stocks, but I might, I might add to the crypto insurance policy. And I hadn't been doing that before, but now I'm, I feel a lot more confident in it. Yeah, I think uh, there's a, I think if you want to roll a dice like that, there's probably a lot of dope places. Honestly, a lot of this shit still has room to ten or twenty x, especially in the gaming and the, and the metaverse shit. And then the layer beneath that, which is going to be like the storage and the fucking uh, you know processing and all of that, there's going to be a lot of money to be made in there. And I think uh, even with something like Gala Games, the Gala's taking off right now. So Gala's like, uh, I keep talking about it like it's still a 12-cent coin and shit. <laughs> but in the last couple of weeks, that shit's made some uh, major, major gains. And now it's just kind of chilling at this place What's where, like, now? I think it's at, let me see, Gala right now is, last time, oh, 67 cents. I was about to say 68. Yeah, 67 cents, you know? And I, I promise you, I got it. I've been holding it less than less than a month. I'd say maybe three weeks at the most. Maybe and three as always, weeks. race traders and lunatic stock tips wants to help you get your yeah. fever drops into high gear. <laughs> but this is, of course, not financial advice. It, it never is. Um, just, it, never, just it, never, it never will be. It never will never be financial advice. But In yeah, I got it. Um, yeah. Three weeks ago. I got in at, you know, 10 cents. I, it was 10 cents on a Tuesday. And then Wednesday night, it was 12 cents. And I was like, I'll take uh, yeah, I'll take some at 10. And then when I saw it at 12 the next night, I was like, yeah, I'll take a little more. And then after that, it hasn't been anywhere near there since. That third day, it, it just shot up to 30, 30 cents. The day after that 12 cent purchase, it shot up to 25, 30 cents. And it hasn't been back. I should have been buying it the whole way up. But, you know, of course, you never know how long it's going to run. I'm still cultivating that that confidence in my bets to keep throwing down, but this helps when you buy something and two days later it's triple the price and shit like that. So right. uh, I'm, but and now it's hovering at 67, and I'm looking at it like, uh, you going a little bit? We gonna creep that a little bit more? Can I get like a 54, 48 area? Can I do that? And it's like, nah, I don't think so, son. So what's, uh, what's this available on? Uphold Crypto.com. Crypto.com. Most of the stuff I've been doing lately has been on Crypto.com, just because I like what they're doing. The only thing I have on Uphold is my XRP, because that was the only place I could get it. Uh, Coinbase can die and drown in hot excrement <laughs> I don't care but uh, <laughs> but uh 
but crypto.com feels good to me it's like they've been doing the right thing i like the the way everything is focused and functioning in there especially with the staking and the cards and i just like yeah. what they open up to you and now that they got the DeFi wallet it's like they're, they're basically just telling you get rich on us you know what i'm saying like the fact that they open up a whole DeFi wallet that you can get to those early coins with you know they do they making three-dimensional world moves where people are really going to see them and see how much money they're spending and get that brand recognition and that's priceless for especially for something like crypto we're talking about it getting to the masses and how are more people going to find out about it well you change the name of the fucking staple center people gonna find out about it you know what i'm saying so i just like what they're doing Explain that that DeFi wallet to me, cause I'm on there. Cause I tried to buy some shit on that's but actually got me more into Crypto.com because on Coinbase I tried to buy Sandbox, um, which by the way, since you told me about it, quadrupled. Yeah. I tried to get in when it was still under two bucks, and it kept redirecting me to Coinbase wallet. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's the same thing. D if, yeah. if it's like a DeFi concept. So what is so explain. So crypto.com has its version of Coinbase wallet, which is a DeFi wallet. Yeah. So Coinbase wallet and the crypto.com DeFi wallet is very similar to what we had been talking about a few months back with uh, trust wallet. Okay. So trust wallet has the dApps, the decentralized apps and the swaps that you can do within there. So if you got Binance coin or, or if you got Ethereum, you could go to pancake swap or you could go to, um, AVAX or Uniswap or any of those sites that are focused on giving you access to the basically meme coins, early coins, early right. projects, five decimal points, all that shit before they go anywhere. And that's where, we, that's where all, not all, that's where a good percentage of the money is made. When you can be early right. and, and you're tech savvy enough to get into these places with a little bit of BNB or, you know, Binance coin or Ethereum, and you could buy, like I did with Spore, I bought 127 million Spore for under a hundred dollars because I believed in it. I was like, yo, I think this is going to be dope. And maybe five years from now, but I'm buying it at this price. It had eight decimal points, you know what I'm saying? So right. that's a long shot that could never turn into anything. And that's what, that's the risk you take with DeFi is a lot of this stuff is in that stage where it could go to zero. It could never make a dollar or it could, you know, chop its way into the future and, and develop into something good. But that's where a lot of the money's made. So Coinbase, I do, I've seen Coinbase wallet. Most people get Coinbase wallet because of the funny business that they pull when you buy something and it spikes too much they don't want you to have that money so they they delist it so you can't sell it then you got to send it over to coinbase well like it's, it's a bunch of fuckery with them they'll catch you slipping they've caught me slipping once and it was with the uh i think it was called Gaian, the uh a japanese stable coin that was supposed to people were saying it was going to pump even though it's a stable coin when it hit our market the translation was going to be off and, and something was going to happen so i bought some i bought like thirty-two thousand of them for 10 bucks and then uh, when I went back, my my ten dollars had turned into three hundred dollars, and I was like, "Oh shit!" But Coinbase was like, "Up, oh, delisted." I'm like, "Y'all just listed this shit a week ago." Well, now it's delisted, and then your three hundred dollars is now four dollars, some with some magical wave of the wand. That's how they move. You know what I'm saying? It's that it's that uh, Robin Hood energy. We we got you thinking that we're for you, but we're actually the man. So we'll fuck you any chance we get. That's that's the vibe I'm getting from Coinbase. But, Allegedly. But how can they do it if you own it at that? If you own that that number of them, and right. 
it got to that price, how are they telling you that it's it's worth less? Because the price the price of the coin doesn't change. It's the back end politics that change. Because when I had uh, when I had the thirty two thousand coins, the thirty two thousand changed into like uh, three thousand two hundred. And then that was worth, you know, instead of three hundred dollars, it's worth two dollars and eighty four cents. But the price of the coin is the same. Everything else is the same except for the, my number of coins and how much they're worth. And I, like I said, I screen capped it and all that just in case. But I know how they how they move. You know what I'm saying? So that was my fault for not being quick enough on the trigger to get it out of there and sell it. And because if if they're doing things properly and they're being up and up on their business, I should be able to sell it when I want. I made a good call and I made some money. I shouldn't have to hurry up and get it off your exchange. To, to for me to get what's deserved, you know what I mean? But that's Coinbase for you. Just like people couldn't sell their, their GameStop and all that shit with uh, Robin Hood, and they're like, oh, we're having some issues. Like, yeah, you're having issues, all right. You don't want all these people cashing out on this GameStop at the, at the top right now, allegedly. But, you know, that's, that's, what, that's how they move. But Crypto.com with the DeFi wallet is giving you the same access, and they're using Crow Coins as the swap token you put it you transfer your crow coins into something called chronos which is basically it holds the same value as crow but it's coded different it's not just for buying and selling it's for the swaps and the trades and all that other shit so and they got farming and staking opportunities in there we were talking about last time through vvs finance which we got hooked up on and uh, i'm staking in both of the pools there i'm staking and farming vvs finance right now i found it at it's at two decimal points and like, you know, three something, two or three something. And they're directly partnered with crypto.com. They're being advertised and linked directly through the DeFi wallet app. So you don't got to go looking for it. It's right inside the app. And the percentages, the APY percentages are crazy right now. You know, some of them are 6,000%, 800% on the mining. And so I just put some crow coins and some uh, VVS in one, and just VVS in the other one, and I got them staked. And for who knows, I'll just keep, I'll just check it like every month or something like that, and see what I've uh, so far. But uh, yeah, the DeFi wallet is where it's at. That's why that's where we're gonna get paid. And I like the way there's a setup. Trust wallet is still really dope too, but trust route, trust wallet removed the browser from their app because it was forced to by the um, by the Apple App Store because they had an app that was giving people access to the internet that wasn't, it was supposed to just be a trading wallet, but inside that wallet, you could open up an internet browser and get to all the pancake swaps and shit. And Apple didn't like that. It's like, that's an exploit. I kind of get what they're saying. It seems like it could be an exploit, could be a security risk, maybe, but um, they had to get rid of their apps. So now you got to be just a step or two more savvy to get to it through Trust Wallet. Whereas something like uh, Crypto.com DeFi wallet is set right up. If you know what you're doing, you know, you copy your contract addresses and shit, and you can get in there and get whatever you want. Now, I've, I've listened to you, and I feel like I've been paying pretty good attention. I mean, maybe I wasn't. I still feel like I have no idea what, like, I get what the concept is. There was these places where there was some barriers to entry. You were going to need to be more tech savvy. So if somebody wasn't comfortable buying different coins and exchanging different coins, basically cryptocurrency trading, they're like, look, I just want to give you cash and you give me spore. And that wasn't possible. You got to go and buy the Binance coin. 
right. use the Binance coin to get the different coins. This was something that was going on through different cryptocurrencies, different websites, or different, yeah, like MetaMask or all that yep. other stuff, yep. different apps. So the big players kind of got hip to it and said, well, there's a lot of attention here. There's a lot of people doing that. We can't bring that fully, which I guess that's what I don't understand. Because it seems like Coinbase or Crypto.com could just say, okay, you can buy it through this app. But I guess whatever the technology is, it doesn't let them get involved with those coins. So the workaround to make it available to the wider um, audience is to make these DeFi wallets. So whatever this DeFi technology is, you, you can't get these smaller coins with these bigger opportunities without a DeFi wallet. It, that's a, right? yeah. Okay. yeah, that's exactly what it is. They just opening up a new area to you. They keep their, you know, they keep their marketability on one side. Like I said, the crypto.com or the, or the Coinbase, super marketable. Uh -huh. Some people just want to put their money in and buy the coin they want. And also they probably when you when you show them a coin that's 35 cents or something like that versus a coin like Shiba if you if they just look at Shiba that's probably not going to look like a good bet to most people who don't know crypto right. they're like yo this ain't even worth a penny yet. like this is garbage <laughs> so they're not going right. to get it anyway so they won't understand why it's why it might be smart to get your hands on meta hero or something like that which is a, a good one if y'all want to look that up but on meta hero early is there any legal reasons? Like, I guess I'm trying to figure out why, what is it? Is it a, is it a legal thing? Is it a technology thing? Why, why does the DeFi wallet have to be the middleman for these companies, for these smaller coins? I think because it's higher risk. It's like, it's, it's almost the same thing kind of exists with the stock market. Like you go on Weeble, they won't trade you over-the-counter stocks. Pink sheets, right. Pink sheets. They're like, yeah, this shit could crash tomorrow and then y'all going to be sending me emails. Like, so we don't want your emails, so only buy shit that looks more legit. That could crash too. But I think you would right. accept the responsibility more if you buy a stock that's at 10 bucks and it crashes versus if you buy some shit that's 12 cents you, and I bought 10,000 of them. And they're like, okay, well, that company don't exist no more. Weeble's going to get a lot of fucking emails. So um, there's just a level of volatility that they don't allow you access to. And Got I think you. that's that's the biggest thing. A lot of these have really low market caps, which is great. That's where all the money's made. They got low right. market caps. They haven't really seen the adoption yet. Or maybe they, they just don't have the reach yet. You know what I'm saying? So so nobody's betting on them. And, maybe, and, and honestly, I think behind the scenes, there is some kind of exchange when it comes to getting your shit onto a larger, uh, a larger app. So, there, there's so a maybe reason. they're doing it for you. They're you're giving them cash. They're getting the Binance coin and then buying it for you. They're like right. the market makers for crypto. Yeah. And there's something ah. going on. There's a reason that that Coinbase hasn't listed crypto. something like Nephi, which is a dope app. You know, a dope project. I think it's going to be. It, it seems fire. The people who are involved with it have already been involved with big shit like Ethereum and like and they're not strangers yeah. to the space. But Coinbase hasn't listed it, but they listed Shiba. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you listing Shiba but not Nephi? I was like, what the fuck is this about? So that it comes down to what they think they can make money off of, what's popular, and if it's not popular enough, you already screwed. And and to keep it real. By the time it hits Coinbase, 
every time something hits Coinbase, it, it goes through the roof because of the new access. And then there's a huge sell-off because the people who've been holding it since they bought it in a DeFi wallet have been waiting for it to hit a major app so they could cash out. They got in early and then all that uh, all that Coinbase activity or KuCoin or whatever it is, all that new activity, it gives them brand new all-time highs so they cash out. And then you wonder why you bought this coin and now it's you know 30% below what you bought it at in the next day or two. And it happens consi consistently with large exchanges. So I think, but I, there's still people who are going to still make money. Let's not like... You know, put the fear yeah, in the yeah. game, like, oh, if you if you wait till it hits Coinbase, you're through. No, you're not through. You just might want to wait a few days, a week or so after it hits Coinbase, see what the fluctuation it is. Did it come in and level out, or did it come in and pump real high and then drop down real low? Just give it a few days, let it breathe, and then you see what it does, and you can probably still buy in. So people are going to still make a lot of money, but the point is, there's always going to be a, a wave of people who are willing to go deeper, do more research, get a, become a little bit more savvy to make more money. The people who buy stocks on Webull are going to make a lot of money, but there's other people who are doing other things in their real life with their research and other apps and, and, and figuring shit out. They're going to make more money. If they can buy it earlier, OTC, pink slips, like you said, stocks, they're just that's just how the game goes. They take bigger risk, but they're going to they're gonna get paid off more on the back end. So I dig it. I think it's smart. I think it's super smart, especially with the way that um they show you all the information that you really need to know, even with stuff you can't buy. If you go into crypto.com, there's a bunch of coins coins in there that you can't actually purchase, but you can put them on the watch list. You can keep track of the charts. You can see what's going on with them. And if you ever get to the point where you really want to purchase it, purchase it, then you can do a little bit more effort. You can get the DeFi wallet going and, and buy the coin that you need to swap for it and all of that shit but uh at least you can still watch it and keep an eye on it inside of uh inside of the main app i guess it's um it's not too dissimilar for the from the market because um it's like when something ipos like there could have been private investment that was in before that oh yeah and they're gonna make a lot more money and as soon as it ipos Usually there's a big jump right away, and then it it tanks after that. Typically, yeah. that's always the formula. Once it yeah. IPOs, it's going to jump up a pretty big percentage point, and then people are going to lose interest, take profits, and then it's going to go down. So it seems like that happens a lot with these coins and the Robinhood edition of Shibu, I think is what was generating a lot of the hype because people were anticipating there's going to be a whole bunch more capital coming in from Robinhood users, just like when something IPO, a whole bunch of people are going to buy it. And that influx of capital is what's going to rise the uh, the tide. And same thing with like trading options. Um, certain apps won't let you trade pink sheets until you like sign something. I understand the risk. Um, sometimes like for commodities, I think you need a Series 7 license. Like there's certain things you can't be involved in because it's regulated. I just didn't think crypto was at that level where there was any kind of meaningful regulation that there would need to be some sort of intermediary like that so i guess yeah. that's what i'm not understanding about the um the DeFi wallet but i mean the bottom line is hey if you want to get in on these smaller coins where there's a lot more upside opportunity fuck it you have to do it you either got to yeah. get comfortable using pancake and sushi swap and binance coins and all that other shit 
or you get a, the, you know, the DeFi. Now that you told me that Coinbase is the evil empire, um, I'll probably do it through Crypto.com. <laughs> uh, they're a DeFi wallet rather than Coinbase, because that that 32,000 coins to 320 coins sounds like some indefensible fuckery. Yeah, yeah. It, like it doesn't make any doesn't sense. Disappear. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but they do it fairly consistently known for it at this point and it's just uh that's what they do man so i mean i like i said i still got the evidence and i'm going to keep an eye on what people are doing with it as far as like if they say oh i emailed them they never email me back because it's a lot of you know people are talking about it on youtube and social media and shit was going on because a lot of people saw it and they were like oh what's this i'll take some and everybody's curious now so they'll throw a few bucks at it and i think that DeFi shit probably is it's probably harder for them to make all their money on it which is why when you go into DeFi space, it could be wild, wild west, bro. Like you, you could find a website that that's faking, pretending to be the coin you think they are. And when you copy the contract address and you send the money, you just send it to somebody's wallet, and then you never, you know, you never get the shit you wanted. Or they have coins that are actually look look the same and name something very similar. Like like if it says uh, Shiba Inu, it might be Shiba underscore Inu. Right. And then somebody, so, you know, somebody's auntie that heard about it at Thanksgiving. It's like, I did that thing you told me to do. I got them Shebas, but I don't see nothing in my wallet. You know, they'd be screwed. So I think it's harder for the apps to make money on it, too, because look at the amounts that people could potentially be putting in, you know, $10 getting you 35,000 coins. And then you just got to wait six months and you cash out a million dollars. They're like, you know, I don't like these odds. But this shit ain't working for us. So it's different when you got to get out there and swap and uh, who knows. But I think uh, that's just going to come closer and closer to the forefront. Like now it's it's extra work to do it, to get a, get a hold of these new coins. Mm. Eventually, people will want it so bad that there's going to be some, there's going to be a whole nother layer you got to go to to be early. But, that, that's but a it's long still time like a people. stock, though. Like when you cash out, somebody has to want to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's and that's why with these volatile swings, like I, I you know, like with the Shiba Inu thing on its way, like I'm not gonna cash out at a hundred million when it gets to a dollar. Right. Like if, if I got a hundred million Shiba Inu, I'm selling one to five million every time there's a huge upswing. I'm shaving it off constantly every chance I get. Yeah. Because if it gets to the point where there's that huge surge. Yeah, yeah, maybe you've got $5 billion worth of Sheba. Where are you getting the $5 billion from? <laughs> like, somebody's got to pay that premium price. And if they're like, well, this shit is a dollar now, you know, I'm not, you, there'll probably be a couple of bag holders that jump in like, oh, it's only a buck. A buck is cheap. Not realizing um, it just didn't open up and it's here at a buck. Like it got to a buck from like 10 million, 10 millionth of a dollar. Like it was, it was nothing, nothing. So a buck is astronomical. So I don't know that there would be that many people buying it at a buck. So I wouldn't feel comfortable holding millions and millions of dollars of that. Cause I don't think you'd be able to get rid of it unless it was on its way up to like two, three, four or $5, you know, right, otherwise, right. you know, you're stuck with it. Dude, I, it's going to be so many uh, peaks and valleys and that shit. That's going to be a long sure. game. But also another thing I was going to mention earlier when I said about Shiba, they are uh, really working to get themselves out of the meme space. I saw them advertising a gaming network on Twitter. 
So they're trying to lay down the roots for a Shiba-based metaverse, metaverse play to earn, right, which is super smart because they do have the following right now of people who would ape right into that shit because it's like, fuck it, Shiba's doing this, let's go because we believe in them and we're holding 40 million coins. You know what I'm saying? So we believe in it. And whatever we could do in the real world to, to bring that price up and, and get people's attention on it, we'll do it because we're shareholders, essentially. So the better Shiba does, the better we all do. So I don't see Doge doing even attempting to do anything like that, you know? So no. the fact that they're trying it says a lot about the longevity they want. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's uh, I think it's definitely going to be a lot of peaks and valleys. If she, every time it eats a zero, it's going to dump because people have been holding and they're losing their patience. So if it eats, it got close to eating a zero last time and it dumped for a month. You know what I'm saying? So yep. we're still trying to creep back up to what that all-time high was, which is not bad if you think about charts. The fact that it didn't just keep going down, it stabilized somewhere, and then slowly started to creep back up. That's a good sign. That's showing some real liquidity. It's showing some people that are really holding for the long term, it seems like. So every time that happens, we got to expect the same thing. The amount of money, the way I look at it, the amount of money that I put into Shiba is worth losing. And two, the amount of money that I can cash out right now isn't worth cashing out. So I'm just right. at that at that pendulum spot right in the middle where this shit's got to get to. Honestly, it's got to get to at least two cents before I, I would, I'd be really moved to be like, all right, well, fuck it. There's a lot of money now. It get up to about two cents. But if it gets to a penny, it's going back down to 0. 0.5. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we that's going down to 0. 0. 0.05 if it, if it ever gets to a penny. So. I'd, I'd rather just ride it up and have a dope story to tell. I've been holding sheep for eight years and I finally cashed out $256,000 or something crazy. Right. I've been holding it for all this time and I did it. But um, And I feel the same way about Spore. When you take some of them long bets, well, I, well the last thing I took a long bet on, I think uh, I think it has real world utility. It could be one of those early life changer joints where you just found it at the right time and you made the call. And that's that VVS thing I've been talking about crazy about, VVS Finance. Yeah. So I think that could be dope. I think what they're doing is cool. The space they're in is cool. And being connected to crypto.com right now is just a good look. And it's only, what was it? It's like a hundred and something million dollars, I think it is. Uh, maybe 200 million at the most in the in the market cap. And I was just like, bro, that's that's super low. To catch something that low and get in on it, that's that's powerful. So what is it? What is the market? Oh, it's 59 million right now. $59 million market cap. That's and what's that's that on now? That's on crypto.com. That's there. That's in the DeFi wallet. It's called VVS Finance, and it does a um it's for bridging different coins and you can stake and earn. So it's just a, a cool little space to operate in, to be honest. And there's a lot of farms out there, crypto farms and all that kind of stuff with crazy percentages. But some of them, the coins are just so, they cost so much, the minimums to get in. I mean, you got to be throwing around two or three grand just to get into it, to start farming. And I'm not throwing two or three grand in, into anything to farm at this point. But VVS Finance was, it's got two, three decimal points. And... I, I bought like a few hundred thousand of the coin, three or four hundred thousand of them. I staked some, and then I did the linking pairs with Crow and staked some of those. So right now it's just earning me 
something that I can easily trade for Crow. So um, because it's in that website, I don't necessarily have to count on the market to be able to sell a few hundred thousand of them for cash. I can just sell them for Crow and selling them for Crow still gives me earning potential because I could sell them for Crow at 70 cents and then it could be a dollar fifty later. So it's still a, um, it's still a good play for me. And I could just hold it until this shit becomes a real player in the market with these type of gains that they're giving people for staking and all of that. A lot of money is going to come in. A lot of money is going to come in. So, so I'm, I'm, BBS I'm, is that something you could buy on the crypto DeFi? Yes. It's and a, it's partnered. It's, coin? Okay. it's partnered with them right in the app. You'll see the, the farming staking rewards little banner right there. And that takes you right to BBS finance. Your wallet is already linked. You, you know, your Crow DeFi wallet's already linked when you go there, like a MetaMask. And uh, everything you need to do is right there. So it's it's super simple. You can pair it with other things like um, ETH, Ethereum or Bitcoin or anything like that and get pretty good rewards by staking it. But one of the biggest ones was uh, staking it with Crow because they're partners. So I was like, yeah, I'll stake it with Crow because that shit's on fire right now. I don't mind getting more of that. Just add liquidity and get the and get the rewards. That's where most. That's where a lot of money is going to come from. As far as I'm concerned, in the next few years, I'm trying to find as many opportunities to let the money make the money as possible. You know what I'm saying? That's my my like you you put me on to the numbers on the um is it the high yield? What is it like ETF account or something like that? Uh, Two million dollars in an in an account gives you ten thousand dollars a month. Um. Yeah, I got to go back and do the math on that because I think I was wrong the first time I did it. But yeah, yeah I've been looking it an, up. I, yeah, I think um, uh, on a high yield, um, if you can get, I, well, I, I, there's nothing that's giving you 5% in a high yield account. Like the highest we had in recent memory was like 2.5% for a high yield savings account. But if you got 5% in the market on, on $2 million, um, hold up, I'm going to do it in my head real quick. So 10% of a million would be $100,000. So 50,000 would be 5%. So yeah, on $2 million, it would be 100,000 for the year, which works out to like about nine grand a month. Beautiful. Somewhere around there. And that's on my vision board. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that's one of the best ways that we can buy back our time, still have a fixed, like an income to live off of and still have all day and, and your, you know, your, uh, your high vibrational state of being to farm for the rest of your revenue. It's not like you're working for 10 grand a month. You got 10 right. grand a month coming in and you Thank still got you. your whole day to, to write another book. And talk more shit on their podcast and all of that. You know what I'm saying? To fucking animate Jesse Lee Peterson right. as the black Voltron driver. Right. I just I've been I've been seeing in my head generational wealth, police brutality, bloodlust, antebellum lemonade. Slut! <laughs> <laughs> he just flies in and thinking about animating, because I went back, I started listening to some of his shows and uh, capturing some of the audio. And just every time he flies in, all the other lions always say the same thing for white supremacy Voltron. But he just always says something random for no fucking reason. And <laughs> he's, he's got the, racist Tourette's. He's, he's the cornerstone of the whole fucking thing. 
and just seeing like how South Park animated Saddam with just a picture of his head, you know, like a real deal picture, and then just had it kind of split in half to to emulate, you know, yeah, yeah. look like it was talking. And I'm like, yo, that's that's what needs to be done with Jesse. Yeah. And the way that um, the way that uh, technology is now, like I'd love to play around with a program where you take his face, you know, you know there's some like marionette type of configuration where the eyes, you can make the eyes dart around, the mouth will kind of move, and it'll probably even sync up with audio. I gotta imagine a lot of this shit with the technology that's out now, given that people are doing deep fakes and all of that, it can't be terribly complicated. But when you're working 65, 70 hours a week, it's like, fuck, I, I don't know that I have a lot of energy and time to really sit down. I wanna learn that in my leisure. You know, maybe I'm not as driven as I should be, you know, but to to be like, hey, I got a nine grand a month safety net. I can do whatever the fuck I want. You know, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah. Because the more it's, the more I go, yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying that that's like the the agenda for me right now. Like I know we want the forty acre compound and all of that, and I think find, finding a way to put that two million dollars in a place that's going to pay that kind of interest is worth it for me. That's that's not just like oh let's get this two million and we good. Like that two million is going over yeah. there. That's what that's for. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, because then then you got the freedom to make your next move. Yep. That's my whole focus right now is getting to a place where we've purchased back all of our time. And I just want to, it's a, it's a social experiment at this point. And it's probably going to be one of the biggest social experiments ever done. And I feel like we should, we, we should be able to get some type of, uh, some some funding for it not like government funded because i don't want them having their hands right. in our shit but we should be able to crowdfund this shit because i just want to see what happens when people don't have bills and shit to worry about and the community that you live in is rooted in you know psychological and spiritual well-being personal accountability art therapy like shit the places that people pay money to go to for you know a three-day weekend they pay five thousand dollars to do, right. you know, tantric yoga and and take some shrooms and shit. I, that's where I want to live. I don't want right. to just, be, you know, what I'm saying, be there for a three day weekend. I want to live there and facilitate that experience for other people. And um, a lot, just people. I know people who are interested. People just with what we're doing here on this little acre and a half farm. People come here, bro, and they sit in the yard. We smoke, we talk, and they're just like, "Yo, son, this is crazy," because who? When is the? How many? How often do you get a chance to sit in the middle of a overgrown garden like that? You know, life everywhere. You know, you in the city, but people realize when they get here how much bird noises and shit they hear, and how much life is just moving around, the butterflies and all that. They're like, "Yo, this is wow," and I, I don't think people understand because you've been so removed from it. They don't get how powerful and energetic and recharging it is to just be able to sit in that space. Even if you ain't doing nothing, even if you don't do nothing, but hit a spliff and, and browse fucking TikTok for an hour. If, if that's what you want to do that day, but you're sitting outside around papaya trees and freaking the chickens are in the backyard. Like it's just a different energy. So Absolutely. that's my, the experiment that I want to do is I know people who I think could be super successful if they could work themselves out from under 
the constant pressure of surviving in the system that we built for ourselves, bro. Like Rudy, the homie. Like that's the first one of the first people I always think about. It's other people too, but they got you know people with families, and it would be a little bit more difficult to figure out how to do it. But I, like Rudy, I feel like I could tap him on the shoulder and be like, yo. Here's a little bit of bread to handle what little things you need to handle for the next few weeks. But I got a dome house for you. Just move into the dome house. And all you got to do is make music. And the only thing that I, the only thing I'm putting on paper that you have to do is release it all. You can't stockpile it. You can't be like, yo, I got 12 songs and waiting for the album to be done. Like, nope, every song you make has to be put out within a week. Put it all out. Keep your hard drive clean. Don't overthink this shit. Because I think Son is a genius. I think he could fucking, if we if we could work ourselves out from under the other pressure, I think if that was his only job to do, it, it would it would bring some extreme fortune. And I know a lot of people like that. I know a few people who have those type of capabilities and possibilities. And I just want to be able to facilitate it. I want to be like, yo, come live here for a year. And whatever it is that you do, just do just that for a year. Of course, like I said, I'm going to want you to come to these ceremonies. We're going to be talking about self-improvement and spiritual concepts. We're going to have to meet up at the at the community center in the middle and watch an Alan Watts video on Friday night. Like, I need you to attend some of this shit because I think it's going to be important. But for the most part, just live, create, and mine your own potential. That's all I want you to do. So that's what I'm working towards every single day. That's what I'm working towards to, to live in that environment a real community built on the shit that helped me change my trajectory. And I just want to fucking introduce it and be an example for other people. And I'm still going to charge motherfuckers $5,000 for a three day weekend. Yeah. I mean, especially, <laughs> I'm still going to do it. <laughs> especially if you got it and you're coming from a, Cause there's nothing, there's there's nothing that stipulates you have to charge everybody the same thing. Oh no, not at all. Cause they do that shit with rent and hotels all the time. Like you know, it's just what the rates are right now. You know, you get a call up from Rudy. It's like, nah, son, come here and live here for a year. You know, I may need you out once a week on the farm. You know, we, we do have a food supply to tend to. Come to some of these meetings and ceremonies, but for the most part. Um, there's the creative center where you can go in there and create whatever you want, you know, cause I don't know if he's going to be able to put a studio in the dome house. I don't, I don't, if it's the dome house that was like on the black hammer thing, I don't, I don't know. Oh but no, we're going to be doing way better than the black hammer. Motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> cause the little Adobe, like I'm looking at that little mud hut and I'm just like, I don't know. It's like, is the equipment going to be safe in there? How are we going to run electricity into it? Like oh, maybe no. there'll just be electricity in the main hall and people can go in. But, but I get what you're saying. So this would, this would be, this would be um this would definitely be Shibu Inu hits a dollar type of facility with oh, yeah. fully furnished state of the art dome dome houses. Right. right. Oh fresh yeah. dome houses. Like the dome houses they build down on Miami Beach. Son is like, I got the money, I'm gonna show off, but I'm also smart enough to make it a dome. It, it's right. it's a mansion on the same block as the rest of these mansions, but it's a dome. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think I don't think we have, like you said, there's no obligation to charge everybody the same. And also if you do it right. People would be happy to pay more knowing that the money that they pay is facilitating things for other people. Yeah. So when, Wong Fei Hong. Or, or when Kanye needs to get away and, you know, escape all these underage child rape allegations, it's like, look, come here. It's, it's five million for the weekend. You get a super dope dome house, all your meals furnished, you know, it's like, but you got it to, to spend it. Right. If you got it to spend it, you got to pay more for the experience. So do it right. You know, 
it's a capitalist venture. There's some communist elements in there, but at the end of the day, is it's being wielded by righteous intentions. Yeah. So it doesn't. There's no need so, to. Yeah. So there's Wang Fei Hong. I know a lot of people probably heard of Wang Fei Hong from like fame, super famous kung fu movie character. You know, everybody's played him. Jackie Chan's played him. Jet Li, yeah. Donnie Yen. Everybody's been Wang Fei Hong in a movie. Wang Fei Hong's real life story is that he was a among other things, he was a physician, he was a doctor, right? And the dude, his family, his father was also a doctor, right? So he was a second gen, second or third generation doctor. And they, they were so famous and legendary in the area where they came from that Wang Fei Hong could charge his richest clients three times as much for medicine just to facilitate him treating poor people for free. And they knew he treated poor people for free. But it was so prestigious to say that Wong Fei Hong wrote your prescription, then you pay whatever you got to pay. You're basically paying for his autograph at that point. And he accepted that so he could treat four people for free. That's the way. That's the way. Yeah. And if you complain because you pay more so that other people can get it for a different price, then you're not really the clientele that we want anyway. The people that we want are going to come there and gladly pay five to $7,000 for a three-day weekend because they're going to get everything. They're going to get the dope shit. And there's other people paying you, charging the same money for the same service anyway. And the difference is you pay that money here and your investment grows because you get to pay and that ripples out to other people who needed it but couldn't necessarily afford it at the time. So all the way around, well, and, everybody wins. And, and there's a 25% across the board discount if you pay in crypto. Mm, see? See, it just we'll keeps work. getting better. We'll work with you. So, keeps getting better. yeah, I don't... I don't think, um, you know, and um, the, the more I think about it, the um, the analogy for capitalism is anal rape and communism is mouth rape. It just <laughs> makes more and more sense and solidifies <laughs> in my mind as a genius observation. Sometimes I like to pat myself on the back more than I should. But in, in this context, people would argue, it's like, yeah, but you're still embracing some of those principles. And it's like anything else, like the reason why a lot of these things are effective is their vehicles to get something done the problem yeah. is is the forces that are animating these vehicles are usually doing it with fucked up intentions in mind you know so as much as we love the idea about everybody gets a little something that always seems to turn into whoever's meeting out the bread gets to choose whose head they take off and yeah. and how they deal with 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 dissent and the whole thing with you know the other one the anal rape okay you know, yeah, it gets everybody more than they would have if it was meted out. It does create these huge disparities, but those disparities you find on the other side as well. It does give people the freedom of choice, but it also it also ends up with there being a lot of waste and a lot of needs not being met. A lot of shit just getting thrown out. You know, a lot of um, it drives a lot of selfish and rewards a lot of greedy behavior. And it doesn't necessarily cultivate the best character. So any any um, first of all, the um, the cunium reductium is is always in the back pocket to judo, any any attacks against this mighty work of uh, dolomitian uh, enterprising. <laughs> but if people were if people were saying, hey, you know, I got a problem with that because, you know, this is some communist hippy dippy whatever bullshit, but yet y'all are charging all this money like capitalists like. <laughs> 
it just sounds like fuckery and y'all just want to get rich and da 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 da. There's one million and a half percent transparency. Like, yep, we do charge people different amounts. We do do this as um, outreach, as well as culture shifting to more sustainable um, types of lifestyles, more meaningful lifestyles. Not all of this empty shit that we're, you know, because it's two parts. It's not just meeting those physical needs, but a lot of the, the ways that we meet those physical needs, like you were saying with Rudy, like this shit will drive you crazy. You know, yeah. the, the grind that you have to be in, you know, and not, and not everybody can, not everybody can do it. And if you can do it, unfortunately, there's the tendency to not empathize with, you know, people that it's too much for. And I know a couple people now that have completely checked out of the, the, um, the workforce, like completely. Yeah. There's no hope. I had a dude hit me up. He was like, dude, I can't even, I can't even go. Like, there's nothing I feel like I want to do. And he's confronting the fact, like, you have a crisis of meaning that you're misinterpreting as you just don't want to work. You know what I mean? And now that you've had a taste for two years of getting a check from the government and not working at all, like, you're really removed from the situation and work seems like the worst possible thing. Cause you don't see any meaning in it. You don't see any value in it. And you've had two years to basically cleanse your brain and regain your mental health that you're making the healthy assessment. And when you're doing your risk analysis, that holy shit, if, if I jump back into this, I'm going to drive myself crazy. Like now that I've got my head clear, because when you're in it day in and day out, you just accept it. Like, okay, this is just life. You know, but I think a lot of people don't realize the wear and tear it does on their their mental health, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that the, uh, what you call it, the hypnosis has worn off. I think they had most people under a spell and we accepted it, that we could go just push TPS reports around for eight hours a day. And like I said, we, we talked about this a while back, is that I don't think, uh, I think, a lot of people thought you were asking too much or slipping into some bleeding heart liberal and shit to suggest that people be able to find meaning in their work, that they would feel fulfilled in their work. And when you say that's too, when not you personally, but when somebody says right. that's too much to ask or that's not really the jobs, you know, that's not their responsibility to provide you with a safe space right. and all that kind of shit. What you're saying is without saying in so many words, basically what you're saying is fuck your life. For those eight hours, they own you. They don't have to treat you with respect. Your manager can talk to you however he wants. You know, like all of these downsides to to being at somebody else's uh, beck and call for eight hours a day just to make enough money to, to survive is not really a good deal because yeah. the value that they get to translate from your position, from you being there, is a fraction of what you're going to see in your own life where the power really is held by the people who do those jobs. And if those jobs are not important and those people are important, well, get a fucking robot, get an app to do it then and let these people get on with their lives. Let them figure something out. Like, I, I, and I know it sounds crazy and not a lot of people would agree outright, but it's I, my opinion is that we live in a stage right now where everybody can figure out some type of way to make themselves more valuable outside of just being on somebody else's clock for eight hours a day. I think that right. world exists for everybody right now, whether it's a, 
a Shopify store where you found some cool product and fucking wherever that you, you buy it from India, some cool flip-flops that you brand with your own logo and shit, or who cares? There's a billion opportunities. And for the people who are willing to learn how to navigate that shit, you can at least start to alleviate some of the time that you need to tie yourself to those people for. Whereas you would have been able to, you would have had to work full time five years ago. Now, if you do enough work and, and you sacrifice a little bit of sleep here and there, you could probably only have to work full, uh, a part time until you get deeper into the hustle, you figure things out. But I just think we're getting closer and closer every day to the stage where you don't really have to do it. And the jobs have proven that they can that that you don't really have to be there every day. You don't have to because they figured it out real quick. People have been wanting to work from home for 10 years. Nope, can't let you do it. No, nope, you need to be here in a suit. You need to be dressed uncomfortably in this building for eight hours. And then as soon as it was like, yo, COVID, they're like, nah, stay in the house. We'll figure it out. We'll, e we'll email you everything. And we got this new app. You can check in on the computer. It's like, oh, now y'all figured out how to let us stay home. So it, it could have happened before, but now it's happening. What did you think was going to happen? People's going to stay home for two years, and then they're going to be, like, itching to get back to their cubicle? No. People had time to think. They had time to look at this shit that's going on. And a little bit of arguing on Facebook, too, probably watching a lot of porn, all that. They had all of that. And it basically all just amounts to personal freedom. And if they had, if they don't want to take cues from certain corporations and places in different countries to do the co-ops and the people who get stock options on their first day of work and like there's so much dope shit that corporations could be doing to actually empower people and not trying to guarantee that you have a mindless person who's going to pull this lever for the next 35 years that you just got to treat people differently. That, that population that you want it's not really out there like that no more. I don't think they exist anymore. Or or they're just they're diminishing more and more by the day. That's not enough for people anymore. So if you're not giving them stocks, if it's not a co-op where they act where things actually matter and where my productivity goes up, it equals to money or time that I get back rather than you just right. being like, oh, yeah, all our products are doing better. Productivity's up 27% this month. So you get a fucking, uh, uh, you, you get a voucher for the vending machine or some shit like that. It's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. They got to right. do better. And they hold, they're holding onto their purse strings so tight, they're choking themselves out. Nah, we ain't giving you nothing. Work for $8 an hour. And they're like, yo, fuck you. Let a robot flip the burgers then. If it's so easy, you've been threatening us with robots, let the robot flip the burger then. I'll find something else to do with my time. And they're going to suffer. They're going to suffer. Both people are going to suffer, honestly, until you get to your breakthrough. But the corporations are going to suffer more because they've depended so much on people's fucking blind cyborg mind plugging into this thing to work and, and not ask any questions. They're starting to wake up a little bit and it's shaking up the system. It has to happen. It's either that or we go the other yeah. way into 1984. You know, it has to happen. I just think um, they could just be doing better, man. American corporations especially, they could just be doing better. It wouldn't hurt you to to have a financially sound person working on your conveyor belt. What would it hurt you to give them stock and tell them what to do with the stock? And and you could, if you can have a meeting, a, a pointless meeting about some shit, you could bring your workers off the floor for an hour on Friday to have a slice of pizza and listen to you talk about financial literacy. Or not you, but well, you hire but somebody to do it. Well, it's it's easier this way. 
is is the reason why we've never had zero percent unemployment. We need a pool of desperate people to pull from. It's necessary from the standpoint of I'm an employer. I need to fill these seats. If you have too many people that are financially empowered, like if I had five million in the bank tomorrow, I would I wouldn't quit my job. I want to quit my job not away, not not right away. Um, the health insurance is great. Um, I don't I don't mind it so much, you know. And the culture there is good enough that it doesn't feel like oppressive and, and gross, you know. Um, so what I would see happening is if you have all these financially independent people, now I would go to them and negotiate, um, some sort of part-time shit. Like I'm going to come here and be productive, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you what I'm, I'm going to give you and I'm going to give it to you on my time and I'll take a huge pay cut and I'll just come in as a consultant. You know, I, I, and I would feel empowered to negotiate exactly what I want because I have that financial um that financial backing but the, the the problem is is if you give everybody this financial freedom one of the fears are is that people are just going to kick back and not want to do shit but i don't i don't think that represents someone with a with a healthy psychology and outlook on life and what they're trying to do you know i think yeah. i think that happens if you're you know you smoking weed all the time but not like in a creative space really in a wasting time space you know if 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 you're if you're if you if you don't have any other vision for where you want to go yeah it could empower people to not want to do shit and if you have an employer that needs to fill those seats and is doing it based on desperation they're going to suffer because of it but the flip side of that is what if all of these people that now have found this financial independence what if they just start working based upon well i don't need to be here and devote my energy because i need this money but I believe in what we're doing. I believe in the vision of the organization and what we're trying to do. Uh, this is meaningful work. And, and what if that started fueling all of these business decisions and now these big corporations, they couldn't just get away with putting up the black square on their profile on Facebook. Right. They couldn't just get away with putting out these empty statements in order for them to continually have a workforce that was going to be productive and show up every day, they had to give them something more. And they really had to start changing the way that they did business, the way that they procured their, you know, uh, core materials and, and, and everything, the way they invested their money, like everything would have to be different because now the people that are making your business possible, they're only going to be on board to come in and give you that 40 hours a week if they believe in the vision of the company and, and you treat them right. You know what I'm saying? It would, it would, it would, it would totally change everything and flip everything on its head. But only if the people that were now financially dependent still kind of gave a fuck to do something. And I, I don't know if we're there yet. I don't know yeah. if we're there. Yet. I, I know if I had a whole bunch of money, you know, um, I would still want to do something. Just because I've also seen, being as old as I am now, the people that haven't done shit, either because they can't you know i know people that got like you know really um it's it's fucked up because they're not bad people you know they're not um they're not they're not fucking monsters but they got violent felonies they can never work for a, a big corporation um i know people that have gone to school and and 
um, got a degree to be able to do some shit and they go and they try to get a job, even though they, they, you know, they know how to fix computers or, you know, they, they know how to do cybersecurity or whatever, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, look, we can never hire you. We, we, I don't know if it's insurance issue or whatever, but for all of this shit that a lot of these corporations talk, like we're woke, we're woke. Okay. Why, why can so many of my friends not get jobs? If you're so woke, why aren't you willing to like create an opportunity for something? Because you're full of shit, you know? So, <laughs> um, but I also know people that they don't have any of those barriers, but they're just disillusioned with the whole thing. So they want it, they've, they've charted a path in life where they've done the least amount of work possible. They don't want to challenge themselves. They don't have any vision. They don't have any goals. You know, maybe you're fucking a fat bitch and she lets you play Call of Duty all day or whatever. That shit is not good for your soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've seen, like it, it gives you like this gnarled and fucked up type of soul and outlook. And you you don't really mind the best of yourself to be the best version of yourself if you're there. And I don't think everybody knows that yet. You know what I mean? And And so that's where, you know, the ayahuasca, the mushrooms, the fucking... You need to come listen to this Alan Watts lecture if you're living in my dome house. <laughs> you know, that's that's where all of that shit comes in, because I feel like if you don't, if people's perspective doesn't shift first, the money's yeah. not going to matter. Yeah. Handing them the money is not going to matter. Um, And there is a real need, like even in our shit, you know, for whatever we're trying to do. OK, we want to have the hemp factory. It's all natural. We're changing the plastics. You can still go get your poisoned animal eater burger, you know, and 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 eat it on up. But you know, you'll get in some biodegradable biodegradable plastic instead of you know the death plastic. Yeah. Um, that factory is going to need workers, and if people's vision hasn't changed enough, they're, they're not going to see the meaning in that work, and they'll be like, well, technically, I could just sit home and do nothing, and I don't got to do shit, you know. So I think. Things change as soon as there's that one model. And I don't think it's happened yet. A lot of people have talked about it. I don't think it's been centered around the right kind of principles. I don't think the people that have had one end of the vision correct haven't had the other end. Like if you just go out into the middle of the wilderness, you don't have any long-term financial strategy. It's cool to listen to the dude play guitar and drink ayahuasca for a while, but eventually it's like, okay, we need to be able to sustain ourselves. So it's, it's, it's one part principles, it's one part economics. And I think if you demonstrate that it can be done, like, yeah, we live in community, we create our own food supply. There is, you know, a bare minimum amount of hours of work we all have to contribute to our mutual existence. But that 20 hours a week that I'm farming, right, is less than the 60 hours a week that I'm working. And I have so much more free time to pursue other things that eventually create wealth on the back end. And we haven't abandoned civilization. We've created a product that goes in a better direction, right, for civilization. And and the people on the compound that are making it, like, they understand that vision. Like, this this thing has to be done. It's generating wealth for the enterprise. I believe in the work of the enterprise. And I don't mind giving my time to it at a discount because I have all these other money-generating opportunities. And my cost of living is next to nothing because I'm in this communal venture. You know, and I and I and I do think, you know, with all these people wanting to buy farms and all that shit, people are slowly but surely getting it. Like, 
it's not just the farming aspect that's one part of it, but there's going to be like these little, like I said, the, the crypto coins, everything's branded with its own yeah. little logo and its own little purpose. There's going to be civilization pods with the same thing. Like this is yeah. what's important to us. This is why we got together on this compound. This is why we have this factory with, you know, uh, biodegradable plastics made out of hemp. You know, this is why we're doing all these things because this is our vision. And vision becomes that currency, and, and that becomes the draw for human energy rather than just exploiting desperation. And I guess I have to do it because I have no alternative. Like right. that, that's kind of that's kind of nudged us along. It's kind of got us a lot of progress, right? It's got us to the point that we're at. But I feel like that whole model has outlived its usefulness and it's created all these other crises for humanity in terms of meaning and fulfillment. And that's going to be the next venture of what what is meaningful work? Like, why are we doing this? And it's, and it's definitely starting. It's definitely starting. So all, all this shit that you've been talking for all this time, um, it's, it's definitely visionary. It's ahead of what people are ready for. But every day I, I look around, I'm more and more convinced that, that that's exactly where it's headed. And it's yeah. inevitable. It's inevitable. It's the inevitable direction that humanity is going to have to go because this this model is definitely no nobody's on board with it. Like there's <laughs> like if you look around, nobody's happy. Everybody is discontent with this shit. Everybody like yeah. just a handful of elite people that drain from everybody else and are totally disconnected from the experiences of regular people. Like they're the only ones desperately trying to hold this whole thing up but everybody these these idiots out in the street with you know 18 different genders and 18 different colors in their hair and throwing molotov cocktails they definitely don't want what what is um all of the QAnon people they're like yo john f kennedy jr whoever the fuck is going to show up and just destroy this whole thing like <laughs> they're they're not in the they they're 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 stomping on blue lives you know, the thin blue line flags and all that. They're like, they don't give a fuck about the cops anymore. So I'm like, yo, so who is in support of anything about the system now? Right. Like any right. part of it, the government, the economic model, like nobody gives a fuck about any of this shit. Like this is untenable. It's yeah, and people, a lot of people want to pull it in, in different directions, but nobody is content with just what is in the now. That's yeah, that sounds about right. They're just out here arguing about which place it should go, but nobody's saying just leave it alone. It's fine the way it is. <laughs> that's that's nobody's right. argument. <laughs> right. It's it, it's either it's either burn it all down, and if it's not burn it all down, then it's you know Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to show up to to take it all over and bring us back to like the Americana utopia, you know. But but as far as what are we going to do if everything falls apart? Okay, Robert F. Kennedy shows up, guys. Now what? But we'll reestablish the Constitution. The Constitution was already established. That didn't stop you from getting into this predicament. But what you have available is given to exploitation. Or to, you know, the blue hairs. You burn everything down. Okay, you won. Your revolution is completed. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have, have been decapitated in the anti-fascism courtyard. You know what I mean? Like you've taken over, you're in the White House, you've got the reins of power, 
Um, I, I, I take it our economic model is changing. We're all going to be communists. Okay, so how we, you know, how do we transition this machinery to make sure there's enough food to eat? Like you know, we depend on China for a lot of our products and stuff, right? Like it's going to need money to buy that shit. So if we're no longer generating wealth because we're no longer free market and we're kind of like just play it out in your head, play that game of chess. Like what do you? And I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows. They talk big shit, but if you actually caught the car, you know what I'm saying? You chase yeah. down the car, you caught it. Now what? Now and 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 they don't know. They don't. Nobody knows. So because everybody has just spent so much time and energy focusing on what's fucked up and what do I hate, not what do I need to build in lieu of what's here currently. And that's where I think the, you know, the world's most important think tank ever assembled. I think that's where, that's where we come in really and truly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I don't see, I don't hear a lot of uh, uh, talk where you could just cut through the bullshit and figure out, where everything is going and what uh, a decent route to get there is because every everything is so loaded you know people already have an agenda that sticks to certain things so they don't want to move away from it they don't want to give any ground and i'm willing to give all the ground if the shit that i'm standing on is not the way period this isn't the way show me tell me explain to me why that way is better explain to me why it's better to have 87 genders and if you could if, <laughs> if you could lay that out for me in a simple enough way to where we could just be like, hmm, okay, yeah, that makes sense, then I'm not going with you. I'm sorry. I'm not going to try to stop you. I promise I won't do anything to try to stop you, but I'm not going with you. And I'm probably going to threaten you if you try to hop my fence. You know, right. I, it, I know those people with all the genders and the colorful hair don't believe in private property either. I'm going to be like, look, son. <laughs> I, I know you're not happy with it. Don't take any offense by the phrase "son." That's just something I say. Uh, I know you're probably not happy with the world as it is, but if you hop this fence, you're leaving it. That's the only thing I can right. guarantee you. So, other than that, do your thing. And I think just just the ability to to really say that and be honest, honestly feel that puts us ahead of almost <laughs> almost every other self-identified cult out there. We're not trying to recruit yep. you. I'm not trying to get you to, I don't want your wife. I don't want none of that. Just go do whatever you do and, and prove to me by your aura that it's a better way. Do it on your, but do it in your own pod. Yeah, in your own pod. <laughs> Show me. Don't try should, to come over. Yeah. I should be magnetized to your pod. I should see you shining so hard that I got to come over to your pod with a rack of bananas and be like, look, brother, uh, I don't have much to offer, but I do have these bananas. I need to know why you and your people shining so bright. So right. until that happens, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to tell you because I know what's going to happen in our pod. So it just yeah, is. Yeah, Maya, uh, this is all good information. I just got to, this is dumb shit. Um, my, my wife is uh, quietly seething because she loves me so much. The, the turkey I slow roasted, it, it, it was just, it was so juicy. The juices were just. Mm. It, it just it the juices overflowed. It you you think it was pork, it was just it it was like pineal, like just super juicy, just delectable meat. But it's because I cooked it for like two days. But the juices, the broth and everything, it, it like splattered. It got up out of the roasting pan. It got so it coated the bottom of the oven. 
with like this this black film and now every time we clean we we try to run the oven the whole house smells like it's burning to the ground and so my my wife was making some baked potatoes and (laughs) all the windows in the house are open she she grabbed like five box box fans that we have and she has them like strategically set up to like spray like the care bear stare at the oven yeah yeah, i i i've i've fucked up the house since thanksgiving and i'm an asshole and i didn't just clean the oven afterwards because i'm a lazy piece of shit but i probably need to make time to do that tomorrow yeah dude you gotta just blow it out that's how you gotta do it it's just burn it all out in one day turn the heat all the way up over and just let it smoke (laughs) it you you gotta do it or you deal with it for the next six months every time you turn the oven on you just gotta burn that shit out, bro. Or you could go the other route. The the more I was that's the masculine route. You could go the the divine feminine route and just buy some oven spray and clean it and take your time and all that shit. Or you could just turn the heat all the way up and blast that shit out of there. I think that's hey, a valid thing. I'm gonna clean the oven tomorrow. I'm sorry for this hell I brought upon us. <laughs> I love you very much. I'm very, very sorry. And yeah, we're all out in the back porch. Like nobody wants to be in the house right now. It's a life hack. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, it's nice, <laughs> nice and quiet in here. Nah, my um, my stepdad one time he bought a car. Uh, my aunt was trying to, but she had bought this car, and she couldn't figure out what was going. You know, she was out there buying the car by herself. She didn't know what was going on. So she's driving the car home and she said the smoke, this black smoke started coming out of the exhaust and it wasn't getting no speed or nothing like that. So she had it parked and she kept talking about it to asking my stepdad to come look at it. And he's like, all right, I'll come look at it. So he drives it and it's like smoking, like he said. He took it to his brothers. His brother's like, I don't know, maybe this, maybe that, I don't know. Just uh, take it on the highway, you know, open it up and see if you can you see, see if it'll unclog itself. And that sounds like terrible advice. Like it sounds bad. But he got on the highway and, you know, pumped it as hard as he could. He floored it. And he said it was smoking for about a minute and a half. And then it just stopped smoking. And it was driving like a, it was purring, bro. Purring like a kitten. Somebody had filled the oil pan with like an extra whatever. How many with they liters or something? Quarts. Somebody put like two extra quarts of oil in that motherfucker. So it was just drowning the engine. And it was burning off, and, it, and you know it wasn't picking up power. So once he burned out enough of the oil, <laughs> that shit, that shit just picked up and kept riding. And I'm she had that car for a while too. But so you know, turning it all the way up and and, and blowing it out. Sometimes that's a good idea. It works. So I say you put the oven on, broil, <laughs> just, just smoke that shit out, bro. One day, everybody they can suffer. Or you send everybody to the thrift store or something. Send them all to the mall, and then you just smoke the house out. Yeah, man. Did y'all do anything for Thanksgiving? A little bit. We cooked some food. You know what I mean? I had I got a turkey, brined it for two days, and yeah. then I baked it. You know, and uh, I did a little bit of stuffing. Nothing major, man. I didn't do no mac and cheese. None of the real itis food. We had some sweet potatoes, but not like candied yams. We had real sweet potatoes where you just open them up, put a little butter, a little brown sugar in there. You know, I didn't I didn't go with the with the diabetic candied yams. But uh yeah, it worked out nice, man. We just relaxed, didn't do a whole lot, we cooked most of the day and ate way too much and then just watched Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, so. that's how I know I'm old now, is that um 
I, I didn't really, um, especially as a teenager, you know, you did, you you get into all of that. Uh, <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> the, the, the pilgrims that killed the Indians. This is stupid. We're celebrating genocide. Oh you get older, and you just like, I value this family time more than anything. Like the stuff that's important, getting together, even through the work. Like, cause I did thing. I brined it for two days. I, I slow cooked it for two days in the oven and all that prep. Like it was just nice to have all, you know, friends and family over and, and get down and hang out together. And it's like, yeah, it's that, you know, we, we can't do this all the time, but you know, if, if compound life was, was, you, you know, you could, that Thanksgiving would be once a month, if not once a week. Right. You know, all the people that you love and it's like, it sucks that we do this once or twice a year and we reflect on it and we're really just grateful for our lives and everything. It's like, this needs to be a more integral part of our daily operation, you know, not just these, these holidays once in a while, but, um, Absolutely. but yeah, it's it, it really valuable, man. Yeah. I said but, the same thing. I was like, this is a constant part of how we roll. It's just that today on this day, we happen to be sharing that vibe with a whole bunch of other people. You know, we all agreed to do this on this particular day. And first and foremost, let's just get down to it. The the history that a lot of those people cite is is uh what you guys romanticize. It's it's extreme. It's not the absolute documented truth about what happened. People have a lot of real and I think a lot of them probably comes from fucking you know what I'm saying? That scene where Wednesday Adams is like, yeah, we slaughtered the Native Americans and we gave them smallpox, smallpox blankets. Like, I love how uh, we can admit and we love to to tell ourselves that, you know, we taught white people how to take baths and they were disgusting. They lived with animals. They didn't know how to brush their hair until the moors came. Like, they were these completely low-to-the-earth, dis- disgusting cave bees, but they mastered bio-warfare to put small plaques on, on, on blankets to hand out to other people and not make themselves sick. Like they did it as some type of strategic death movement. Oh, do you not think that they was traveling on the ship and was just sick period and had smallpox period? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it well, made, I don't it's see. A, it's a myth. Germ- yeah. Germany the- wasn't even out yet. Right. Right. Uh, so for them to do that, like to, to make it seem like this was the plan, like we're going to take these blankets that are sick. We're going to take these sick blankets and we're going to quarantine them our whole sh- uh, journey across the ocean. And then when we get there, we're going to make we're going to hand them out secretly to the people that we don't like. So only they die from it. It's like, yo, you come on, bro. Let's just let's, you know, but, let's but doesn't that like encapsulate the whole thing? Does doesn't yeah. isn't that just the example of the whole thing? It's like. You, like this was some happenstance, completely coincidental shit that they stumbled into that actually worked in their favor. But you can't look at it as like that. You have to make them the white supreme pizzas. To be like, nah, they were so wise. They knew they were giving everybody smallpox. It was strategic. They're unstoppable. <laughs> it's so despicable. Like, nah, bro. They weren't. It's not like that. And it's not like they stumble onto some people who were just like, you know, hippies, peace, love, and happiness. And then they introduced them to blood warfare and shit. This is not. This is just not a truthful account of what happened. And again, on, on top of that, to go even further, who gives a shit 
why so-called this date was chosen. This is not the date, right? But why this day was chosen right. to do this particular thing. If you if you got an issue with why people decide to get together with their families and share food, I feel like the issue is with you, essentially. Nobody's sitting around, or maybe maybe some of the 13% or something like that, but nobody's sitting around high-fiving on oh, Thanksgiving talking about genocide. I'm so glad we killed a bunch of people. I saw somebody post that on Facebook the other day. I can't celebrate a day where we killed an entire race of people. First of all, who's we? First, who's we? So if you're responsible for white people killing Native Americans, how much of of Black people's stuff should I be responsible for? If we're taking on responsibilities of our race, what responsibility do you assign me <laughs> for anything that's happened to you at the hands of Black people? <laughs> so... It just doesn't make any sense to add yourself to an equation that you had literally nothing to do with. So it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know why people feel the need to rope themselves into that kind of shit. And especially on this day, like you're not talking about genocide any other day of the year, but the day that everybody wants to have some Turkey and stuff. And now you're now, now you got something to say about genocide. Why are you hating right now? Let everybody have their sweet potato pie, bro. There's 364 I, I other days of year to complain about genocide. Why today? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And 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 as far as like reappropriating the meaning, I don't know any Jews that are fun that don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Christmas, Christmas is just a better holiday. It's better in every way. Like Hanukkah can't compete with Christmas. It's it's stupid to even compare them. Right. Give me Christmas anytime. And that's why. You'll hear Jewish people talk about a Hanukkah bush. Ain't no such thing as a Hanukkah bush. <laughs> like it's it's just some shit to say, like, bitch, why you got a Christmas tree up? Oh, it's not a Christmas tree. It's it's a Hanukkah bush. Like, because we love Christmas. We, we love it. It's better. You don't have to believe all the mythology, but it's like what it what it is now and what it's become. It's like, look, you're gonna tell a Jewish person that getting a TV for like half off. You know, like this, this, we should hate this. No, no, you need to hate this because you don't believe in Jesus. So fuck it. Nope, 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 nope. It's it's a better holiday. It's more fun. So if you say, you know, the mythology is bullshit. The Indians, the pilgrims, they didn't sit down together and eat. Um, Who gives a fuck? Are you <laughs> thankful for the shit that you got right, right. now? Right. Are you going to, and I, I discovered, yeah, I had some purple sweet potatoes. Mm. Um. I don't know that they taste better than the regular ones, but in my mind they did because it was just cool as fuck to be eating something that was deep purple, just a yeah. a cool fucking color. Um, it was absolutely wonderful to be thankful and enjoy the time. And who gives a fuck if all this other shit happened? And if anything, if you want to come at it from the colonizer shit, listen, the reductio cunum is is coming right at you. It's like listen. Um, I reject the notion, the fact that you're attributing these grandiose um, uh, foreknowledge of germ theory, like 100 years before it actually happened, and you're making these these settlers basically diabolical geniuses, you're exalting white people, and that's some low-key white supremacy shit. I'm going back mm -hmm. to the rhetoric of they didn't comb their hair, they were living in caves. And because you're promoting... They understood germs like a couple hundred years ahead of time and used it to kill all the Indians. It's like you're giving them godlike knowledge and attributes. So that's some reductio cunum energy.
Mm. It can always be better. I like it. I absolutely like it that this is another direction it could stretch in to shut these conversations down. (laughs) What you're saying was the pilgrims were white superheroes. (laughs) That's basically what you're saying. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. Surrender now. Why are we even trying? Doesn't make sense. I, and and I, I admit, back in the day, I used to be one of those people who would, uh, whenever Christmas was coming around, I would say Happy Saturnalia on Facebook and shit like that. But but that wasn't me trying to ruin your Christmas. It's honestly just trying to open your eyes to something that's always been there and you may not have knowledge of. And I don't think that should ruin your Christmas. Because really, I mean, realistically, I don't think, I'll, I'll say maybe there might be 20% of the population who celebrates Christmas that are still under the illusion that it has something to do with Jesus. I don't think, I don't really think people actually believe that anymore. Like, I don't know how many families are celebrating Christmas and really telling themselves this is about the birth of Christ. I, I don't, th- I don't know. I think that's a small number to be honest. And even most of them are just, they, they just submitted themselves to an illusion. Like, there's no way you can think at this point that that's really what it's about. People like shopping. They like getting gifts. They like putting Santa Claus yep. outside their house. The, the sleigh with Rudolph. It, there's so many icons of Christmas. Jesus is not an icon of Christmas. If you put a big-ass Jesus on top of your house for your Christmas lights, your neighbors are going to be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're ruining the motif that we have going on in the cul-de-sac. Everybody has Frosty the Snowman. Like, why do you got this big-ass Jesus up there, bro? (laughs) You're just going to ruin the party. So, and, and not to mention it also, I don't know how many people who claim to believe in Jesus even read the Bible, but none of, none of this shit has anything to do with the birth of, of, of a Christ. It's all pagan rituals. Like, why would Jesus tell you to cut a tree down and bring it in your house and put silver and gold on it? What would that have to do with with the with the God who is opposed to pagan rituals? It's just it it's just a lie. It's just a lie. And when you bring it up to a person who calls themselves Christians, all they ever do is go, "Yeah, but you know the kids. Yeah, the kids like the tradition. Like, yeah, exactly. So don't." Don't front and act like it's about something else. You know, it's, it's about hot chocolate and fucking, you know, right. what's the the candy canes? That's well, what it's about, candy canes. <laughs> well, that's what, and you'll hear people try to say, you know, that's the the blood and the hyssop, the mint or whatever. Right. And you'll hear people try to, you know, take the Christmas tree, you know, because Christ was resurrected and, you know, an evergreen bush is evergreen. It's always alive. It never dies with the winter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, um, basically these were traditions that were a snowball, and as the snowball rolled through age after age and culture after culture, um, in Europe it adopted all of these Nordic things. It's like, look, we don't want you to throw the whole Odin thing out, so fuck it, we're gonna make Santa Odin. We're gonna just, we're all all these traditions that we have, the Yule Tide. You still hear that in Christmas songs, like, well, what is Yule? Well, look it up, look into it. So yeah, we it was all about making all these other cultures assimilate um into Christianity. And I and I think everybody I think every hip hopper at one point was and I well I've just, I've just found a way to be an obnoxious asshole about everything at some point in my life. But I wouldn't feel too guilty about the you know happy sad and early thing. I be all the time all the same shit. Right. All the same shit. Like you're the coolest fucking person. You know all the shit that nobody else knows. You're gonna <laughs> let them know. Like, you know, this was Saturnalia. People used to get drunk and beat their wives and have sex up the butt. You know, it's what used to happen, right? You're yeah. celebrating. 
Yeah, who commit all the crimes, bro. Commit all the crimes. Beat your neighbor up, rape his wife, and then at the end of it all, you give him a gift to say you're sorry. Yeah. Sounds like a cool party, huh? (laughs) 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 And you're you just just for people who are too lazy to do the research, the Yule log that you burn in your fireplace for how long does the Yule log burn? For like days? It's like this this infinitely burning log. That that log is a literal boner. That's why it burns for so many days. This is like may your boner never disintegrate. Right. <laughs> you stay hard for days on end. That's what you put <laughs> in your fireplace, buddy. It has nothing to do with nothing. It's a freaking fertility ritual. But go for it. Have a great time. <laughs> and listen, and this is why all um manifestations of mass tribal masculinity throughout the eons attributed to God has to be articulated as dick cloud energy because <laughs> Go into anything <laughs> in history enough, there's a dick or a vagina at the center of it. Oh, like yeah. I remember, I remember when I first found out that Orion's belt is just a euphemism. It's not his belt; <laughs> it's his dick, <laughs> and his dick gets bigger as the constellations move. We call it his belt, but it's really his penis. We mm. we said belt to be nice when we became puritanical and wanted to, you know dress everything up but we're talking about orion's dick and as we observe the seasons the dick gets bigger orion's boner gets bigger because the stars appear to be further away from each other as they should as they should this is but like i said this is not about ruining your holiday you i mean technically you could have even more fun now that you know it's not about jesus it's about it's about about a seven day boner (laughs) seven day long boner it's about hurting your neighbors and giving them gifts so they don't hold the grudge (laughs) all that shit all that good shit have a great time bro just have party get drunk Wrap everything in cool, demonic, shiny paper. All of that. Have a fucking party, bro. Why are you lying to yourself? If, if if there was a real commemoration about the birth of Christ, you probably have to just kneel in a barn for six hours. That probably would be the ritual right there. Just find a barn, hang out in it all day to be grateful for your own life, and then go back home. That would be the celebration. It wouldn't be a party with a bunch of expensive shit. <laughs> How is a person born in a manger with animals lead to a party where everybody gets gifts. Doesn't make sense. You're not the Jesus, right? The Jesus got the gifts, not you. <laughs> you gave right, the gifts right. to the Jesus. <laughs> so how did you spin this so that you get a gift? No, just go, everybody stand in a barn and hum a song for a few hours on, on Jesus's birthday. And that's how we commemorate it. Or, that would make or, more or sense. Or get drunk and embarrass yourself at a Christmas party. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's a legit ritual. Yo, if you've if you've been in corporate America for any amount of time, you know how many people get fired yeah. at Christmas parties. Yeah, they've been waiting all year. They've yeah, they knew you were gonna year. grab Sharon's fat ass. You just <laughs> need to throw it. back a couple. Feel too oh. comfortable. They yeah, knew they, it. They, they set they, you up. They've been trying to get your spot for for decades. They were trying yeah. to get you out of there. Don't worry about it. After the Christmas party, we'll have them right where we want them. Right. Right where we want to. Make sure Sandra wears a low-cut top. <laughs> we'll get this one. Sandra, we need me. you to show some more titty meat. We really need to get Swanson 
out of the VP position. <laughs> Swanson. Can we get Sandra to wear one of those things where one of her boobs is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Where she just <laughs> pull her whole boob out of her shirt and it's just Rudolph. <laughs> just right red pasty. Just like a red pasty cover in the nipple. And some it's antlers. <laughs> and some antlers. Oh, yeah. Melvin <laughs> won't stand a chance. He's done. Yeah, what we'll do is we'll see, see Sandra, she's a very bosomy woman. She's got those fat titty blue veins. And we're just gonna we're gonna to convert those into the antlers for Rudolph. It's gonna be great. Nice. He won't nice. be able to. Yeah. Yeah, Melvin, could you uh, go get me something out of the break room? <laughs> Sandra's already in the break room, right? Yeah. She's like... <laughs> and it's a wrap. We got him. We got him. And we get we get we're gonna make him. We're gonna give us the severance package that doesn't include all the stock he's accrued. We're taking back his stock too. So you, you you fell victim to a corporate plot. Um, you got drunk. You grabbed Sandra's titties. You're fired, and your family hates you. And Jesus, what again? What does it have to do with Jesus? <laughs> Everybody except it has nothing to do with anything. These days can have whatever meaning you want to ascribe to them, or no meaning at all. But I would ask yourself if you don't have anything in your life that grounds you to periodically. Really take a step back and be thankful for all the good things that you have in your life, specifically access to food and deep and abiding connections, meaningful connections with people that you keep close to you. Why don't you have that then? If, if you're not going to let Thanksgiving be that day for you and you don't have any other day to replace it, why not? Why not? So, yeah, you're just being a Grinch at this point. Like, I feel like you don't even care that much about genocide. You just don't like that other people are having turkey right now. That's, that's your whole gripe. You motherfuckers dare to get together and have gravy and shit. You know this is about genocide, right? <laughs> Yo, relax. What are you talking about? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think people just don't like the fact that we're having turkey and pie. And they yes. know, they feel deep down in their soul that we're having turkey and pie right in that moment. So they're just like, I hope you all know you're celebrating genocide. Have a nice night. Listen, Reginald is a lonely, hateful piece of shit, and he he says all this shit under the guise of caring about genocide, when really it's just his deep bitterness and unhappiness. <laughs> so he's trying to fuck it up for everybody. Like Reginald, you're just lonely. You don't give yeah. a fuck about genocide. You just you hate that other people have meaningful relationships that they're celebrating, and this makes you angry. So you're like, you guys are fucking genocide celebrators. Hey, hey, Reggie, it's uh, it's August 4th, and we're having something <laughs> down at the community center. We're going to talk about genocide and like, nah, I'm busy. I, I got shit to do. I don't want to sit around talking about fucking genocide. It's stupid. All right, Halloween day, we're going to have turkey and <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving day. We got turkey, we got mac and cheese. He's like, you know you're celebrating genocide, right? Like, wait, but we just invited you a few months ago to the genocide talk we were going to have. You said you couldn't, sh you didn't care. Like, well, I care now. So enjoy your turkey. Listen, wow. you, I've known you for 12 years and you simultaneously every year <laughs> both the invitation to Thanksgiving dinner and the symposium on the history of genocide and what you can do to stop it today. <laughs> so I, I'm calling bullshit at some point. Oh, you just don't like turkeys. <laughs> you, you just don't <laughs> like family dinner. Is that your problem? Gosh. Yeah, it's great. But I guess, you know, some of it can come from a real place, but it just turns into ego so easy. Like, if you really felt that 
that's what this day was celebrating. I mean, you could do some research that would prove it false. Like, that's just not what it is. And I could see the conspiracy theory lane where you go, you know, that this is how they take all our energy from us and and have these evil days and force you to celebrate things. I would counter that by saying, unless they're telling us to all get together and beat each other up and call each other names, they don't win. How how do they succeed? How does the system uh, that that's rooted in oppression succeed by telling us to get together as a family and and be grateful for one day? It's like yeah, that's because technically you're being grateful for genocide, so that it doesn't make sense. It doesn't pan out to any logic. The only way it makes sense is if if you're just angry and you want to present yourself as an elitist who would never I, I would never wallow in the muck of. <laughs> of oppression and genocide by having turkey with my family on this day. I guess that's a game you can play. You can do that if you want. You know, it's valid. Go for it, buddy. And I'm not even the guy who's going to reply to you with the well, actually. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to look. I'm going to see your posts and I'm going to be like, all right. (laughs) Okay, buddy. And then I'm going to go back to my turkey and my sweet potatoes. No, I'm going to argue with you for nine and a half hours doing my day. (laughs) And that's why I don't have any social media <laughs> because I don't have any self-control. Right. And then at the end of the post, he's going to be like, if you really cared about your family, you wouldn't be on the internet arguing with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> at the so end of a nine-hour debate, if you really cared about your family, you wouldn't have spent the last nine hours here saying, well, actually, to me. You so. haven't spent any time with them, and you've done so in the name of defending genocide. So you're just, <laughs> you're a complete piece of shit. Yeah, you spent all day away from your family on Thanksgiving defending genocide on the internet. You're, you're a and, and, and for those conscious individuals, every literally everything that's important to you, or every everything that is a social ill, the heart of everything being fucked up, right? At some point or another, those kinds of traditions at the heart of healing those problems. You know, when when you talk about the system exploiting shit and making people just love money and da 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 da, like deep, meaningful reflection helps people disconnect from that kind of shit. And when you talk about um, people that get lost, you know, and they get get caught up on shit, and a lot of times it's because there's no real deep family connection to keep them away from that kind of shit. You know, so well, whatever you think like of you know, bad shit that goes on in the world, either from the government or social ills, a lot of that shit is remedied and inoculated against those kinds of things by making sure we're taking time to celebrate and cultivate those those deep connections and putting those at the center of our lives instead of all the other fuckery. Yeah, if you expanded that energy outward into a larger community, all of the things that people complain about would either have to disintegrate and go away or they would have to openly make themselves worse in in the face of it. And what I mean by that is if all of these, if we extended Thanksgiving into a overall ideology, right? Like you said, once a week or something, being grateful all the time. And, and we know that that's what other people in the neighborhood are doing too, because we see them shopping and preparing. We see their family show up and park outside. You you have that energy in, in the entirety of your neighborhood. The issues that you have in that place will start to disintegrate. Or, so the drug dealers, the police, everybody would have less of a foothold in that community if those were the people who occupied it. 
or they'd have to both, like the cops would have to become straight up jackboot Nazis and beat you up for sweeping your grandmother's doorstep. And the drug dealers would have to turn the whole neighborhood into the Carter and just be like, you know what, fuck all this happy shit. We're taking over your houses. But if that doesn't, if those two things don't happen, your neighborhood improves. <laughs> and, and I'd love to see somebody tell me why that, why your neighborhood wouldn't improve just by applying this one, this one principle. And regardless of what it's based on, we just do it for no reason. That would have to echo and, you know, create waves of potential out through the neighborhood. It would have to. But, you know, or we could just be haters. I mean, like, yeah. fuck that, yo. It's genocide. <laughs> I guess. I ain't mad at him, like I said, because I, I was the I was the Saturnalia guy before. I was the guy, you know, Halloween was was dead spirit Satanism and not it's not about yeah. candy and shit. Like, Hain, like, whatever. Yeah, Sam Hain. Like, yeah, I remember all of that shit, bro. But eventually you just get to a point where you enjoying your life so much, you recognize that joy in other people and you don't want to take it away from them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I've seen that. I've noticed that about a lot of things, man. And like, you just see people enjoying themselves, expressing themselves in certain ways. And regardless of what is who they present themselves as or how they project themselves onto the world, it's like I know what it, uh, a human who's having a good time looks like, and that's that's that feels good, especially if you're not having a good time by hurting other people. You're just chilling and being yourself in a place that shouldn't upset nobody. You know what I'm saying? Or how you decide to come together and vibe, that shouldn't upset anybody who's not present. It's like, yeah, let them do what they do. They're in, a, they're in their own space. They're having a great fucking time. And this is beneficial for them, whether you understand yep. it or not. It's beneficial. These are, they're going to be better for having had that experience. Absolutely. Especially if you're, you're supposedly tied in and concerned about all the suffering and the evils of the world. Like, how could you not get behind moments where people are at their happiest you know like if, if the world is as miserable and as fucked up as you say you know why would you want to take this away from people <laughs> like nah get back to shoulder in the misery bitch what are you <laughs> what are you smiling and happy for Fuck how many times problem? have you watched 1984 today right <laughs> obviously not enough because you're just out in the world smiling and shit like it's all good like, damn buddy it's all about to be soiling green. Well, what the fuck is everybody smiling for? We got shit. We got shit to be worried about. <laughs> what are you so happy about? Fuck the end of the world. It's been the end of the world for a hundred years, pal. Look, look at the picture of this starving child. He's got nothing. No one's even going out there and digging a well for him to get fresh water. He's gonna die any day now. Just stare at this picture. Be fucking yeah. miserable. How dare you have some eggnog? That is amazing, Russ. We that needs that's we got to make that a character. We got to make that it ruins everything. Yeah, he just ruins everything with real world conditions. And it's like showing up to a kid's birthday party with a picture of a fucking <laughs> a, a dying child in his pocket, a starving <laughs> child. And just take it out. Or we just got them all on brochure and start passing them around at the bowling alley. You guys are having a great time. Oh. I just wanted to remind you of what's going on in the rest of the world. Damn, yeah. bro. Don't be that guy. <laughs> and he just has all these... You know, people have pictures in their wallets of like their kids, and you know they throw them off. He just has random pictures of like this person suffering a leukemia, this person is starving to death. Just whatever the occasion is, he just has something to just totally bring you down and fucking make you feel like shit. And that's his job. That's that's what he does in the world. He he's got to be some kind of vampire. He like he like feeds off that kind of energy. 
Like he only comes out at night or something. Like he's, he's you know, you don't come out and tell him that he's a vampire, but it's basically what he's doing. It's like I, I feed off this miserable energy. Like this, this, <laughs> this happiness and shit. This is like bright light. It fucks me up. I need he goes to, to the he goes to the playpen part of the mall where all the kids are playing at, and he just goes, Hey kids, have you guys ever heard of self-immolation? <laughs> you, you ever hear that before? Let me show you some pictures I brought with me. <laughs> he, he thinks because you know because the, the only compassionate people are the jaded people, the ones who are so hurt and hopeless about the state of the world. Those are only the only ones who can really feel compassion. That's what that's what he thinks. He's like, no, because if you knew what was going on, you wouldn't be happy. So you must not know. So I'll take it's my duty. It's my duty to inform you about what's going on in the world. Yeah, that's right. I like that. I like a guy who carries a picture of a starving child in his wallet. So right. he could go to where people are eating at the buffet and just start showing <laughs> the picture. <and> shit. <laughs> hey, fuck, get the fuck out of here, yo. <laughs> oh, shit. I like it. We got to find out his name. And uh, we got to get a whole list of atrocities that he can print onto a piece of paper in like appropriate <laughs> times to show him. <laughs> like definitely the starving kid at the buffet. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> You're passing out Tiananmen Square pamphlets at the parade and shit. Like, yeah, I don't like where this is going. On deck. Leaflets, pamphlets, treatises, whatever. He's got them. They're on deck, ready to go. Along with a wallet full of, you know, pictures cataloging atrocities. <laughs> whatever and, and for every occasion whatever it is that you're celebrating he has some way already doesn't have to go and find it it's already there it's in his repertoire to yeah. to personally attack you and point <laughs> out to you why what's bringing you joy right now is horrible why your joy is undeserved and and really just a, a celebration of your ignorance and lack of concern for suffering you know who he is he's the son of the multi-millionaire tycoon that owns the suffering sauce brand mm. the guy who owns suffering sauce that's he got this idea from his emo ass son always complaining <laughs> about shit if i get suffering. he was like you know what i think people he like suffering sauce. It. <laughs> he just he just leaned into it and, and became a billionaire right and which makes son, son even more riddled with guilt <laughs> Because now he's super privileged and super rich and has everything. And he and 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 the reason why he can go around and just look up these leaflets and print out these treatises all day and show up in places with pictures <laughs> is because his dad, right, fully furnished apartment, doesn't have to work. <laughs> and this is his penance. It's just oh to go around and ruin shit for people. Oh, that's so good. That is such a good connection because that's exactly what happened. And then he gets reductio ad cunum because people are like, why don't you just tell your dad to send him a check? Can't your dad solve world hunger, though? <laughs> that's not what this is about. <laughs> like, okay, buddy, get the fuck out of here. Oh, like, yeah. Why don't you send him something? I don't have any money, okay? My dad pays for the apartment directly. I don't actually get cash. I don't have any money. I don't touch money. I never touch money. I have I don't a part-time job in <laughs> where they let me use all the printers while I'm off for free. Right. That's how I get all these pamphlets ready. Yeah, that's his That's his job. He never touches money. That's how he pays his penance in the world. I don't touch money. How do you not touch money? What about, oh, my dad pays all my bills, my apartment. You know, I, I'm signed up for an app that sends me new outfits every week, but I never touch money. Yeah. I never touch it because it's disgusting. I, I, 
I work at Kinko's part time in exchange, and they pay me in uh, in their usage. <laughs> right? Like you have you have, you, you work that you have four hundred dollars worth of of ink privileges to use <laughs> use our printers and print shit out. Oh gosh, dude! And they, I think they take that deal too. That's awesome. Yeah, he's the son of the suffering sauce tycoon. I like a Windelheim or something. One of the names. Oh, that's so good, dude. That that's definitely the son of a billionaire. That's how he. That's how he projects himself onto the world. He's out and he's out with the blue mohawk right now. And. uh in some in some city that he doesn't live in, passing out, fucking <laughs> fucking suffering. He's got he's taking flights like the dude from Fight Club. He's just on a flight to, the, to a different city every day, <laughs> dropping off leaflets and shit, and, and fueling new emo rage. Like, right. Oh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like that kid. That kid's going places. Yeah, I, I bought I bought a new car. Like, here's a picture of a smoldering car crash. When the brakes <laughs> failed on this other, it's just, just whatever. You bought a new car, cool. Let me yeah. let me show you who a new car didn't work out for. Oh let me show you somebody God. who thought he was happy because of a new car. Like, this what does this have to do with me? I just bought it. Yeah, yeah, but so what? Right. Because <laughs> what's happening is you're thinking about how how happy this new car is making you instead of thinking about the person that died in this horrific crash. Like mm. I'm I'm still I don't see the connection. Yeah, it's because you're a fucking heartless piece of shit. You make me sick. He's just, just gotta, always better than everybody. Yeah. Uh, you just got, how dare you just openly display happiness in the face of such tragedy? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I was just, I was just walking down the street, but you were smiling. Yeah, I, I was smiling, but what's the matter with that? People are suffering. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> how do we wait? Oh, you don't believe me? Here's a pamphlet. Here's a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> Who's suffering today in the world? Everyone but you, apparently. Yeah, I like it. That's that's and that's that's those are real people. These are this is Antifa, basically. Yeah, it's basically yeah. Antifa, just less pamphlet. They're past the they're past the pamphlet phase, and they just right. graduated to Molotovs. <laughs> they're just like, no, we pass out Molotov cocktails, bro. That's all we do. They're, they're way past the pamphlet stage, but this is basically Antifa. Yeah, and you don't hate him as much as Antifa because he's not in the violence phase. He's just in the annoying, pretentious, fucking killjoy prick phase. Yeah, and they don't they don't think he's serious. They don't think he's committed. And like, if you really wanted to make a difference in the world, you'd be over here throwing shit with us. <laughs> so he's not even emo enough for Antifa, <laughs> but he's ruining everybody else's life. <laughs> like you're the worst thing ever, bro. And he's just trying to trying to impress. The, the real gods of this of this emo shit and Antifa they took it to the next level. Now I like that. I definitely like that. I love that he's the son of the suffering sauce tycoon. Dude, son of suffering sauce. <laughs> suffering seasoning tycoon. <laughs> suffering sauces and seasonings. How did you come <laughs> up with that? Actually, my son, <laughs> when he was a teenager, all he did was sulk around and complain about how many people were suffering. Every time I barbecue, he would tell me. To, every time I like the grill, he'd tell me the animals had to suffer for our food, and it was just getting annoying. So, one day I got an idea. I just made suffering seasoning, and uh, the rest well, is history. First, first, I started tormenting him and and putting actual heads of the chickens we slaughtered <laughs> on the farm as the lid, like the cap to the milk, so everything. So he would see 
you know, whatever you're getting access to in the fridge, I want you to actually see the suffering since you're always complaining about it. So I basically just tortured him with this. And then one of my friends came over and saw that it was, it, it was so creative. And then we designed these bottles specifically to accentuate the suffering involved in getting this sauce to your plate so you can enjoy your meal. We just leaned in and, you know, it built the empire that you have before us. And now we're in everything. Petroleum, you know, artificial intelligence. Like it's just we've branched out <laughs> to just sauces. We have our hands uh, in everything now. We're one of the suffering petroleum on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> like do, do you think it was a good idea in hindsight now? Do you think it was a good idea to add suffering to all your business ventures? The commercial, the commercial is the cartoon of the planet just screaming as a drill goes into it. Oh my <laughs> like, god. Like, ah, ah. Oh shit. Oh, yeah. I think there's a I think there's a market for that oil. <laughs> I really feel like there's a market. And that's sad, bro, but I feel like there's a market for that oil. There's people who would rather buy from him. Just like there's people who like I could put any lemon pepper on my chicken. But I want lemon pepper death rattle. I want that one specifically. Oh, and what a and what a great metaphor that you know all of this success is directly tied to the celebration of suffering. (laughs) (laughs) It was just it was just a dumb novelty idea about barbecue sauces, and then it turns into this huge global empire, suffering sauce industries. All the humor is lost, and it's like, no, we should be fucking drilling into this screaming planet to get all the juice out. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. He's like, no, 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 no. It was a, uh, it was a joke. I know, ain't no damn joke to me. <laughs> I even we, we painted all our company drills red, so it looks like the earth is bleeding while we drill it. Bamboozled. Like I don't think y'all got where I was going with this, but I'm so rich right now, I don't really care to to clear it up. <laughs> Oh, and even the audio, like the drill instead of a buzzing <laughs> sound, it just makes like a screaming, ah! it's just a screaming sound as the drill goes through. Like even the workers, like everybody has PTSD. Like, listen, I don't want to live in a world where money is made without people being traumatized and suffering. Oh, like, man. but couldn't we, could, couldn't we get all these same resources and have all these same conveniences? And couldn't we make all of these same products without the horrific suffering? Of course we could. But why? <laughs> why? Why would we no. do it? But you know what? The the hack is, these products are technically better because they're not really mining into suffering. Like the earth isn't screaming when we do it. But imagine going to a rock quarry with, you know, fucking 30 cat machines out there all drilling and all the drills are screaming. Like that's just a novelty you don't get to experience. So we, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Nobody's getting hurt, but the drills are screaming all day. <laughs> yeah, we just, and now we charge twenty five percent more for every barrel of oil, right? Because we know the, you know how much it costs to design an industrial grade drill <laughs> that has screaming. a built in screaming feature. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Our engineers, when we first approached them with this idea, it's like, dude, we we just make the bottles for your suffering sauce, like. Uh, that's all we know how to do. Like, yeah, we're going to have to expand the operation. We're thinking big. We're yeah. thinking big. We're getting into petroleum, AI, every facet of human existence. We want to bring the suffering brand into everything. <laughs> suffering, oh. suffering gaming, suffering metaverse. Yeah, you got to get into the suffering metaverse. This is where you go. You pay us in crypto, and we just make you make a horrible experience for you. Yeah. 
and it makes it it traumatizes the workers and and it makes it more expensive it makes them have to charge a premium it's something that totally wasn't needed but just based oh it's it it works on everything <laughs> that shit is fucking great <laughs> suffering sauce game just became a conglomerate. It's a conglomerate yeah. now. It, it was just a seasoning <laughs> company. It was just Lowry's a few minutes ago. <laughs> now they're a multinational conglomerate. <laughs> it's with suffering at the root. We're now we're a multinational conglomerate with suffering at the roots. <laughs> and they still use the same guy, like a fat Texan or something like that, to market it. Because he's still, he's the, you know, he's the everyman that they love. They don't want no corporate guy in the suit. He's just like, I am Tex, and I am the owner of Suffering Conglomerate. Like, yeah, we like this guy. He's awesome. I don't want no milk from a cow unless it screamed while it was getting milk, baby. That's what I want. <laughs> Everything tastes better with suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Everything tastes better with stuff. We have a selection of natural cheeses made by cows who we pinch their titties just because. We pinch them. We could just get the milk, but it does it's not doesn't taste the same. We need to <laughs> cows screaming to every make cow. Taste. Every cow is milked in a room with five mountain lions. <laughs> That's where we milk our cows. We were five mountain lions per room, and they scare the shit out of the cow, and that's how we get the milk. And it's just invigorating to drink this suffering milk. Horror in every drop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. What a oh. ass. It's, it's like he's like Willy Wonka of suffering. Like, <laughs> this overcomplicated ass shit. Like, this is negative. Make chocolate bars. What the fuck negative are you doing? Willy Wonka. He's the negative of Willy Wonka. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you go back and you think about it, it's like, bitch, you make chocolate bars and gobstoppers. What the fuck are you doing? It's like, yeah, Willie, we're going to be bankrupt by next Tuesday. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen the margins on chocolate bars. But in order to keep this ship afloat, you're gonna have to start charging eight thousand dollars per chocolate bar. Like, do you know all the the superfluous shit that we have here? This is like that's that's hilarious. He's the Willy Wonka of fucking the suffering brand, and all of this shit is extra expensive Willy Wonka esque shit in the vein of suffering. It's needless. It makes it everything's needlessly complicated, and <laughs> and it and it, and it puts metaphor that yeah we could all of this shit in the modern world you could have it without suffering but why like why it's, it? it's right it's, it's, it's no we're gonna make it more complicated more suffering and that's and that's how it needs to be and it becomes the most successful enterprise on the planet that's oh, fucking great gosh dude just naming everything after some type of suffering that doesn't even need to be there just for no reason. We just added. We make we make desserts now too. We got seizure-inducing lemon meringue pie. <laughs> Does it really induce seizures? Only one way to find out. <laughs> just whatever it is, just add something. Just un. It should be unappealing, unappetizing, but it's based on suffering, so people love it. The holidays are coming soon. Have one of our homegrown genocidal colonization turkeys this Thanksgiving. Right. From genocidal colonizer brands. Oh. Your trusted local farmer. A subdivision of suffering sauce. A suffering sauce cupboard. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I like it. I like it. 
I like saffron sauce. I've always liked saffron sauce, but this makes it better now that it's a real conglomerate. And he has a pussy ass emo son who just ruins everything for everybody. <laughs> like that, that's what led his father to become a multi billionaire. <laughs> it don't. It, this shit writes itself. Oh, it's it writes itself. Because now it's like your activism is the direct result for making the world even worse. <laughs> like you, you inspired more suffering sauce, and you've taken away the pleasure from everybody around you. Mm. And the existence okay. of your father, like it, the, just the existence of your father, nullifies all the work you claim to be doing to try to make the world better. You can't because your father's a billionaire. Right. So you're one of them, no matter how hard you try. It's like, but I've been passing around flyers with starving children at the at the fucking eating the, the, the buffet down the street. I just went there to Taco Bell and was showing people pictures of how Mexicans are treated. And they're like, don't nobody give a fuck about that. Your father's a billionaire, bro. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just I love it. I fucking love it, dude. Yeah, they they they're gonna have some serious problems once we get this escape pod money. Y'all, they, they thought they had problems when you know South Park was the most irreverent thing on TV. You just fucking wait. You just wait. We got way too many things for people to complain about. <laughs> And they go get them all, all in one universe, <laughs> all in one universe. We got a time traveling guy with an eight ball jacket. We got, we got a breastfeeding cop who does, who never even acknowledges that there's a baby latched onto him. <laughs> Some amazing shit happening in here. Amazing oh. shit. Touché. Absolutely love it, dude. Oh, yeah, man. I'm gonna wrap it up and enjoy the rest of this lovely evening. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, man. Good talking to you. And I think I do. I have somebody who wants to come on next week. I don't know if you remember. A few months back, I had visited a uh, hemp farm a couple hours away oh, yeah. from me. So the guy who owns the hemp farm, I put him onto the show. He wants to come and uh, talk about some stuff. He has a super interesting. Backstory, like I think his family is like some like Jamaicans that moved that ended up living in Ireland. So he has like full-blooded Irish family and Jamaican family, and it's like this crazy. Uh, he was the, the the story son was telling me while we were there was just like this is some absolutely amazing shit. But he seems to be he's like really good with business and and finance and shit like that. So I think it would be a good brother to chop it up with. Yeah, that sounds awesome, especially since all my guests keep flaking. This will be great. <laughs> they scared, bro. They scared, especially wow. this one. We're we're so welcoming. I think I think they think because we're of our irreverence, we would be cruel to but all of our guest history, we are overly accommodating and very kind to our guests. It's a different thing to be irreverent and mean-spirited in some of the joking, like in the abstract. But I, I would go as far as to say, we've, we've never applied any of that energy to any individual that's ever come on the show. Nah, nah, we've been super cool. And, I, and I'll go even further to say that the guests we've had so far have accepted and started to self-identify as the nicknames we gave them. Which is great. That's that's amazing. Our last guest, legit, I'm working on a logo for him right now that says Joe the Barbarian. He wants his own <laughs> he wants his own outlet to 
unfettered spew toxic masculinity. And I'm going to give him the branding <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Only because I truly believe that in the purging of your toxic masculinity, that you mine down to a more uh, a more balanced state of existence. But like we said, sometimes you got to blow it out. You got to put it on the highway and open that motherfucker up, bro. Just burn it all out. It may not be good for you to slow leak it out or drip it. No, bro. He's, Turn he's it on broil. Like Turn it over, yep. smoke the whole house out. Let's do it. So There's lean all the way into it. Where's the testosterone in the engine? Blow it out. You blow, blow it out. out. <laughs> and I think that's where it's headed. So I'm I'm excited to see where that endeavor takes him. That's the homie. And uh I, I, I give all the blessings to Joe the Barbarian and, and your and your uh adventures in toxic masculinity. <laughs> But yeah, man, you take it easy. And I'm definitely going to have some more not financial advice coming throughout the week. So I'll be sending you some things to keep an eye on, you know, some stuff to look into. And uh, yeah, man, this this uh, this escape pop money is getting closer every day. Absolutely. I appreciate you, brother. I'm going to get the DeFi wallet and uh, jump onto one of these smaller ones. Yep. Let's get it. Let's All right, get man. It. Always a pleasure, brother. I appreciate you, man. No doubt, brother. Take it easy. You too. Have a good night. Peace.